Ah, greetings, B-movie aficionados. Hello, welcome to a very colorful episode of a couple of flicks. I'm Tristan. I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. And, you know, for those at home who who can't see, um, we'll try to uh, we'll try to make this a verbally colorful episode, too, but not too colorful. (laughs) Yeah, if you are listening, I am green. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Very night visiony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, um, so today we're gonna discuss some '90s films. Um, but uh, before we do that, have either of you watched anything lately that you'd like to talk about or bring up? Uh, I just watched uh, *Vengeance*, B.J. Novak's new movie. Did you like it? Yeah, it was really good. Ooh, I want to see. It looks good. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to be that great. I was expecting like more office kind of humor and stuff because <laughs> it's BJ Novak. But yeah. yeah, it was a pretty pretty decent little murder mystery. Yeah, I was hmm. actually i I didn't find out about it until literally just today, actually. So yeah, I think it it just went to a uh, Peacock for streaming. So yeah okay <clears throat> cool well yeah I'll, I'll probably check it out yeah i think i have like a trial for that going on for the moment i don't remember <laughs> oh yeah yeah they got a bunch of stuff from theaters going in like couple weeks after it stops going to theaters it's on peacock no oh, huh interesting cool. new jurassic world's on there i heard that was garbage though yeah yeah <laughs> i heard it was too yeah yeah i haven't gotten the, i haven't built up the nerve to watch that one because i just i don't know i love the old school jurassic park movies so much i just yeah can't stand to see it destroyed before my <laughs> eyes yeah i didn't watch any of the new ones any of the pratt ones yeah yeah i I saw jurassic world you know it was it was okay it was like yeah i saw the first two they just progressively got worse take them or leave them yeah i'll leave them yeah yeah (laughs) yeah dominion like or no not dominion what's the second one called the fallen Fallen, Fallen Kingdom. Fallen Kingdom. There you go. Um, I don't even remember if I watched that one or not. Like, <laughs> like I yeah. kind of feel like I have, but I don't remember it. Yeah, the, they kind of like blend together. I'm not remembering which plot goes to which movie, or if there is a different plot. <laughs> yeah. All I know is that Bryce Dallas Howard keeps running around the stupid dinosaur jungle in high heels. Can't do it. What about you, Nick? Anything interesting? Or... I saw a ghost story not too long, a couple days ago. It was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. I like that. Did you guys see it? I still haven't That's... seen that one. 
Is that the um, Casey Affleck movie? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I did see. I saw that in the theater, actually. Uh, oh, shit. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, I liked it a lot. It was really well done. Mm-hmm. Very I, interesting. Uh, yeah. Like, it was It was definitely downbeat, but in a good way, you know? Like, it, it kind of let you know like pretty much right at the beginning how downbeat it was going to be and then it just kind of went with it i was glad yep one of those fancy four by three movies yeah i was a little skeptical by the uh i don't know what they call like the curved because it's not just four by three it also has the curved whatever edges too so i'm like uh oh but it worked so it, it worked really well yeah. you know it's like a ghost story and sometimes you know like it's like you know panning around the hall or the, the room or whatever and you know that he's off screen just watching you know being a ghost but since it's in four by three you still just get that vibe of just you know watching the main character like the wife but knowing that there's a ghost off to the side, off off screen, off presence. So it gave that nice little vibe with the four by three. Yeah, it made you feel very removed from the dimension of the film, which is that it was the vibe they were going for, you know, because yep. he was kind of removed from their dimensions too. So, you know, like you said, it kind of felt like it was from his POV. So and yeah. and I liked how there were a lot of long shots in the beginning of the the movie that would just randomly it would hold on to just random stuff for so long <laughs> yeah that was cool like and it it always helps to do that like in a movie especially like that where you just kind of get soaked in the atmosphere and um just the stillness of everything and and since the film kind of takes place over a, a pretty significant portion of time um, <laughs> yeah yeah it so. makes you kind of it, it it sort of makes you feel those transitions a lot more heavily you know because yep. like one minute you'll be in a room for like literally 10 minutes or something like that or 15 minutes or something just a quiet room and then a, a shot later suddenly you'll be you know years later it's like whoa you know yeah yeah and the famous pie eating scene <laughs> oh i love that scene <laughs> so everybody always talks shit about it though yeah i thought it was great <laughs> yeah yeah, I thought it was the best scene in the movie. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, damn. Because yeah, it's, yeah, it. just a one-take pie eating. And you're like, okay, that's impressive. Oh, man. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, yeah, I was surprised. I didn't expect the pie eating aspect of it to be so explicit. Like, I thought it was kind of going to be, like, more at a distance, you know, and it sort of was, but it also, like, sort of wasn't. Like, I don't know. There's... <laughs> definitely yeah eating that pie <laughs> yeah um the one thing about that movie though i didn't expect because i knew it was going to be about casey affleck floating around and as a ghost and stuff um i didn't expect him to die so fast <laughs> oh yeah right it just came out of nowhere like right in front of his house too yeah like <clears throat> I, I thought it was gonna actually build up to that more um but instead it actually happened like kind of right at the start of the movie like almost in the like not exactly in the first scene but it felt like it was like 
within the first like five or 10 minutes or something, you know, I don't know. It just felt like it happened really fast, but, but maybe that was just like expectation versus like experience type of thing. Yeah. Um, Um, One thing I also wanted to mention, if you guys haven't seen it is uh, the rehearsal from HBO. I want to see that really bad. It's really good. Nathan Fielder, if you know him. Yeah, Nathan for you. He went to yeah one of Canada's top business schools with really good grades. <laughs> oh my god! And it's hard to like. It's hard to um. That that's kind of a hard thing to recommend. You know, it's a hard sell, but I don't know. Everybody I know really loves it. So mm-hmm. it's really interesting, especially I think because you said you like Synecdoche, New York. Yeah. It has heavy, it's like a reality TV version of that, more or less. <laughs> There's even like sets built, sets of sets built inside warehouses, and yeah. it just goes deep into a confusing wormhole of <laughs> intricate <laughs> plot and self-insertion. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, I love I love high concepts. Any high concept like that whatsoever, I'm just like on board for. Yeah, and at first, because I don't know if it was initially supposed to be that, because I heard COVID messed it up, because the first, the very first episode is just a a simple one-off setup, which is of the series, which is what it's supposedly is, you get to rehearse a life event, is, is his take, and, you know, he will build a set, hire actors, hire everything, yeah. to rehearse and like the first guy wanted to come out to his um <clears throat> his trivia his group his like bar trivia group that he actually doesn't have a master's degree so nathan went out built like this crazy set down to the fine details of like these chairs inside the the actual bar were ripped in specific ways so he you know made chairs that were ripped in the exact same ways and just like to every fine detail but I think COVID messed it up because that's the only one that's like encapsulated because the rest of the season takes place over uh, another longer rehearsal with sprinkled in with a couple other smaller ones that, yeah, just didn't okay. necessarily pan out, but it's crazy wild. <laughs> really it sounds potentially pretty, pretty like pretty different actually from a lot of that kind of stuff. Just because like a lot of, shows like that tend to have like other people sort of managing it and this seems a little bit more self-directed i guess you could say mm-hmm. or and you self- see, yeah and you do know he is definitely self-directing it and obviously like he doesn't like he's he basically proclaims he's a master manipulator not himself but like right indirectly like characters will call him he's a manipulator he's a liar but of course he's the one editing and directing and so he's leaving that in for a reason letting them know yeah that's yeah. me i am doing all of this like i am fucked up but it's for a point <laughs> and it's awesome yeah, yeah no, that sounds great <clears throat> yeah and it's only like six episodes 30 minutes long maybe a little over three hours so it's yeah it's not much i binged it binged it in a day and it was great <laughs> yeah Highly recommend the rehearsal, Nathan Fielder. Excellent. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Yeah, sounds interesting. 
I watched. I mean, I watched a bunch of stuff um, recently, but the 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 absolute most recent thing I watched was that new um, ten episode Dahmer series so, on Netflix about that Jeffrey Dahmer. Documentary or a... it's no, it's um, Evan Peters. I think that's his name um, yeah. from X Men or whatever. The yeah, Quicksilver. Yeah, he plays. Uh, the serial killer um jeffrey dahmer and oh, i like it, him yeah <laughs> not dahmer Evan oh, yeah, no. <laughs> nobody likes jeffrey dahmer but um but no he, he he does a good job though playing the role it's it's a good series um i don't know if it really needed to be 10 episodes uh seems a little overkill for a serial killer series um i guess but i don't know i guess I don't really know what they could have taken out of it. I mean, it was a little bit slow at times, but I didn't really mind that. So I, I guess I just need to sort of accept that every series is going to be really long, like no matter if it needs to be or not. So, um, but the, the ex extra length did give it like a good, um, it, it did give it like enough time to sort of explore more aspects of the whole Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Like, um, it's a lot less focused on the murder serial killing aspect and much more focused on like the actual it's more it's more of like a character study piece although it's more true to life um and it also sort of um, touches on some of the like more i guess uh i don't know some of the more interesting aspects of his of the whole um of the whole crime like the the police incompetence aspect is like depicted uh pretty bluntly i would say in the in, in this like to the point where it's like it's kind of like wow like that's really infuriating <laughs> just to think how like mismanaged and underfunded like some uh police and also just like the fact that the victims were like minorities which obviously you know had a lot to do with the police kind of taking uh like you know choosing their priorities and all that stuff it's just, it's a sad interesting sort of thing to watch and think about but like i said 10 episodes it's draining so mm -hmm. yeah netflix either is too long or too short for their yeah. seasons series, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And, um, there's except, some good directors. Except for though. Stranger Things, they get the perfect <laughs> amount of time because it's their cash. They cow. get a free pass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good directing, though. Like, I think Jennifer Lynch, David Lynch's daughter, like, I think she directed like four different episodes. Oh, wow. And then Greg, Greg Araki, the guy who did like Doom Generation and Mysterious Skin and movies like that, he did an episode. <clears throat> yeah, like it's good. Mm. Netflix and Gentle, I watched the Ouija prequel. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> From cool. Mike, Mike Flanagan. He does like yeah. the Haunted Hills. It was good. It was good. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch the first one, but I watched that one because of him. And <laughs> it was good. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say. Actually, the, I think I know. Oh, what? I was gonna say the Ouija movies are usually shitty, is what I've heard. But <laughs> yeah, that one's a special case. They just yeah. let they just let him have it and do whatever he wanted with it, and <clears throat> barely tied it in like for a prequel, like a post credit sequence, or more or less is the only way he tied it to the first one. <laughs> 
actually, believe it or not, most people I know have haven't even seen the first one. Like most people I know actually have, seen, have only seen the second. I think I think in general, like Mike Flanagan has a pretty hardcore solidified fan base by this point. You know, oh, yeah, yeah but I'm um, one of them for sure. I love this shit. Yeah. He's established himself really well. Like, and even if his like, I I know that like not everybody loves his stuff. Like, not everybody loves Doctor yeah. Sleep because it's slow, like character driven stuff he does. Like, yeah. And I admittedly, I had some. Fr- I I had a tough time with um, Gerard's game, but I think that had to do with like the fact that I read the book and I was more familiar with that, and I had certain expectations that just couldn't realistically be met more than likely so like mm-hmm. i probably would like that more if i rewatched it um but yeah i i've liked generally everything he's done so i would watch a movie about a ouija board if he directed it <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was cool yeah yeah <clears throat> but um Speaking of, I guess, well, I mean, not really speaking of serial killers anymore, but I was, <laughs> I was about to say speaking of serial killers. Oops. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's fine. Um, I guess, uh, I guess we should probably talk about the movies that we chose now, and um, so I'm gonna go ahead and talk about mine first. <clears throat> Gotta clear my throat for this one. <clears throat> so, I chose the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: of The Next Generation also known as the return of the texas chainsaw massacre and it tng was, not the star yeah. trek <laughs> the next generation <laughs> yes. um I, I guess it was filmed in 1994 um but wasn't released until 1997 is my understanding oh, i thought so. it was 95 but maybe oh, i'm just misremembering i don't know though <laughs> like you're yeah, probably right on the wikipedia there's a couple release dates it's like two for 95 and one for 97. So I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it was released in 1995, like theatrically. I think that's what it was. I think it was filmed in 94, released in 95, because I guess there were some behind the scenes troubles. And then um, I can see why. And then yeah. I think again in 97. Yeah. Probably with a retitle or something. Probably. It, there's <laughs> what, what are the titles besides Next Generation? <clears throat> um the return of the texas chainsaw massacre is the other title that i'm familiar with yeah um although when it was on hbo i think that it was just called texas chainsaw massacre 4 like i don't even think that i think they were just lazy with it we're just like eh, it's the fourth one we'll just leave it at that so hmm but this was anyway. a fucking bizarre movie yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I and um, interestingly enough, other than the first one, this is the one I've seen the most of all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So, uh, um, and and it more or less happens to have to do with the fact that it was on HBO a lot. And sometimes, like it was late at night, and I'm flipping through channels, and nothing better is on. So I'm like, eh, all right, I'll watch this again. And then as I'm watching it, I remember, oh wait a minute, this this is the best thing that was on. <laughs> It's funny shit. This was a hard watch. Yeah. Yeah. When I, yeah. I, when I first watched this years ago, I remember liking it and then it's like complete opposite this time. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> um, 
I mean, I, I've never really liked this movie, but I'm, I think I'm starting to. Like, I, I think, like, this movie's starting to have the opposite effect on me. Um, like, I think it's actually starting to sort of work on me a little bit more and more. Um, although I still have big, like, major, major problems with the ending. Um, I mean, I think any sane person who watched this movie would have problems with the ending, personally. But we'll get to that, though. Um, I guess I'll just go into the plot. Um, so uh, the movie starts off uh, on prom night. And uh, the main character, our hero is, what's her name? I, I think it was Jenny. Um, yeah. And she's, yeah. And she's played by um, Reese with, uh, I knew I was going to do that. Um, <laughs> Renee Zellweger, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and I get, so, all right. This is where I'm already, I'm already going to sort of throw a confusing curveball because there's two different versions of this movie. And in the longer version, there's a longer intro scene where, <clears throat> so at the beginning of the movie, she's like putting on lipstick in her, in her mirror and like getting dressed for the prom, right? And you can sort of faintly hear arguing behind her, just kind of muffled in the background. <clears throat> um, so in some versions of this movie, um, the scene is, it goes on a little bit longer and like her stepdad busts in and like basically tries to assault her. And so then she leaves and goes to prom, you know? But um, I think the version that played on HBO though didn't show any of that. So, but um, I can, I, I sort of can understand why that scene was removed from certain versions. Cause it's kind of a crappy way to start off a movie. You know, it's like some girl gets abused by her stepdad before prom. It's like that kind of bites. Um, yeah, it's ultimately pointless too. It is, although it does sort of explain a little bit why later on in the movie um, she sort of starts taking charge and, and starts kind of bossing them around a little bit because that kind of happens out of nowhere. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it probably doesn't really add anything <clears throat> to the movie ultimately. <clears throat> anyway, getting into the plot. So it takes place on prom night. We get to meet, uh, you know, a nice little, nice little group of lovable folks. Um, Although I, you know, I don't know if lovable is really quite the right word. Uh, yeah. what, how would you? Yeah. I did not care for any of these characters. No, they were all dumb. The dialogue <laughs> was just confusing to me. Like they were just saying weird shit the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, this movie had some very unusual writing going on. It just the responses didn't seem. It, I don't know. It felt like the characters were kind of talking by each other at times. Like somebody would say something and then they would respond in a way that like it was related but it seemed not quite in response like there were a lot of moments like that in this movie where the characters were talking like this the <clears throat> so jenny has this other friend uh heather i think her name was there is I a heather but i don't know if that was her friend one <laughs> yeah i don't know Heather was like just, the one that was the, the most strange character that was talking like about weird shit all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I wonder what it's like to be murdered. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's okay, lady. All right. What the fuck? Yeah, that, that's the girl I'm, t I'm thinking of. And like, yeah. before we even know who she is, like, li literally before we even know who she is um, as a character, she catches her boyfriend cheating on her before we even know who he is too right um, yeah that was strange as hell because it's like 
they get they make it like everyone knows that it's happening and it's so he would want to be hiding out further away but he's just around the corner from her basically making out with some random girl yeah it kind of felt like he was trying to be caught yeah you know? oh. um so they get into an argument which somehow i guess so she like storms up. actually no they don't argue she storms off she gets into a car and starts trying to drive away but eventually she decides to let him in and then it turns out that <clears throat> jenny and her boyfriend who does he even have a line in this i mean he doesn't really do anything at all other than get killed but um <laughs> yeah her and her boyfriend are in the back seat presumably smoking marijuana um that's yeah. kind of yeah and um let's see they and you know the two the boyfriend girlfriend are arguing he's talking about how he could get um testicular cancer from blue balls and he constantly <laughs> talks about how his dad is like a lawyer police officer all this other stuff, doctor like he's just like basically somebody who is always trying to talk his way out of everything except the movie is so badly written that he just seems like the most incompetent liar in the world um oh, they're yeah. barely driving for, yeah for that dialogue i just wrote sex cancer talk i was like what is she like okay <laughs> what the fuck? It's like yeah i need to have sex or else i'll get cancer some <laughs> weird shit he was making up and <clears throat> was like no that's not true <laughs> yeah because like oh yeah i remember now because yeah her his girlfriend was angry at him for cheating on uh him and he says well it's your fault that i cheated on you because you don't have sex with me and if you don't have sex with me i could get testicular dance cancer and die and she's like i don't think that's true and it's like my dad's a doctor yeah he knows what he's talking about you know or i know what i'm talking about or whatever he says that a lot mm -hmm. um and his dad's yeah. many professions yeah throughout yeah <laughs> he's just the renaissance father um <clears throat> they're barely driving for two minutes when they get lost right. um this yeah. was annoying yeah <laughs> They 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 drive down like some dark like area. Like, how did this high school? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I mean, they may as well. I mean, they were practically within like um eye throw eye shot of the school or whatever. Like they're they're kind of driving down a dirt road and they get into a collision, and um the guy you know stumbles out of the car and collapses. So <clears throat> they split up, which I sort of, I mean, I, I guess, you know, in a situation like that, like whatever, but um, let's see. So they only, they, okay. So what I don't understand about the, how they split up was that three people went one way and they left the Jenny's boyfriend, Mr. No Name with the guy who collapsed. Um, I don't know. The, the <laughs> uh fuck what was his the the funny part about uh that guy that died in the crash was he had one line and that was what he was billed as is his name <laughs> like i'm okay or something and that was his name in the credits <laughs> his name was okay <laughs> like uh i'm i'm fine i'm not hurt or something like shit what was it i'll look it up real quick that's funny <laughs> yeah um yeah like they split up Jenny and the couple go to 
some other lady's house like down the road at least a couple miles um i think her name was darla She's... yeah and she randomly flashed some dudes <laughs> that drove by yeah oh she... i'm not hurt was that guy's name <laughs> yeah i'm not hurt that's funny. <laughs> and then he just dies <laughs> yeah he just is like Ugh. he's not hurt he's just dead yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i guess so um also by the way when trish or whatever her name is like flashed the the guy who threw the bottle out the window like for some reason i that scene always surprises me because like when you look at the like the r rating descriptor it says that the movie's rated r for dimension mayhem torture and for strong language but doesn't say anything about brief nudity so i think that was one that the mpaa missed you know so it is very brief (laughs) it's like super brief you like barely get the nipple but it's there yep which means that this movie gets more than a star from you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> oh, but um so let's see. So Matthew McConaughey shows up at the at the other guy um who's with the fellow who collapsed. Mm-hmm. And um whether he's dead or not, Matthew McConaughey makes sure to break his neck to be sure. And this and, is so I just want to touch on Matthew McConaughey as well like this is one of his uh, next biggest role right after Days and Confused, right? I think so. So he's still a new kid on the block. Yeah, pretty much. Right? Unless you count the small role that he had in My Boyfriend's Back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, Oh, I guess he was in Angels in the Outfield, too. Oh. Wait, he was? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> okay. Just so okay. <laughs> well, who knew Matthew McConaughey was already making the Disney money before everyone else was? <laughs> I mean, got to rewatch that now. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be he's way, that, he's, that, yeah, he's way down the cast list, but he's there, I guess. You know, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm gonna choose that movie for an episode one day. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, Matthew McConaughey, he, he chases after the boyfriend for a while. He does this stupid thing, which I feel like I've seen it in, in another movie where he drives the vehicle backwards and, and runs him over. Um, which I don't understand why the, the boyfriend didn't just run into the woods. Cause it seemed mm-hmm. like there was a decent amount of space between all the shrubs. Like, yeah, and it was like an embankment too. There was no way the truck could get up that little embankment. Yeah, it always annoys me in movies where people are running away from a car. Just run in between trees; they'll hit a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's always so goofy, you know. But um, to be fair, although- Renee Zellweger does do it late but yeah. she eventually does. like she had a lot of opportunities to do it beforehand but she eventually does do it <laughs> right and the movie kind of shot itself in the foot by having her do, her do that because by establishing that a character can do that then you are also establishing that this other character made a really poor decision like basically you know which i guess that's kind of how a lot of horror movies operate it's based on like people making as many poor decisions in a row as possible <clears throat> you know some horror movies hinge on that 
And I guess, I don't know, this movie's a lot more blatant about it. (laughs) um, Let's see, Matthew McConaughey kills him. So then um, uh, Jenny gets back to the intersection with the couple. The couple screw off in the other direction. Like, I I forget exactly. I think, like, one of them runs ahead and they chase after each other, so. Yeah, there was, like, a fork in the road that somebody i think maybe some it's been a while since i saw it too yeah i think someone drove by on a different route and they tried those two tried to flag them down and jenny went back to the scene of the accident yeah Yeah, it was something like that i forget in what order but yeah and um so and and at some point jenny the reese uh <laughs> Renee Zellweger character ends up getting picked up by Matthew McConaughey. Um, Vilmer, that was the name I was trying to think of. Yep. I was like, what? I knew I knew he had like a really stereotypical Texas name, but I just can't think of what it is. Vilmer. So yeah. So um, while that's happening, while like uh, he picks her up, she starts kind of she starts sort of picking up on what he's got going on, and she. She spots, uh, or no, uh, he kind of convinces her to turn her, turn around and, and check out what's in the back of the truck. And she sees her boyfriend's body. Although he didn't really look dead. He looked just kind of asleep. Like, like a lot of times in these horror movies, like the character's dead bodies will look all gnarly, but his didn't. I guess the actor didn't want to get any gross makeup on him or anything, but he looked really <laughs> peaceful, actually. You know, like Matthew McConaughey, you know, cradled him as, in his arms until he fell asleep and then just laid <laughs> him down in the truck. Like, this is weird. Um, so, yeah, so that's going on. Um, oh, and while that's happening, I forgot to mention, this Leatherface shows up. Um, so Heather and her boyfriend, actually, this this was sort of when I, it kind of got, got a little bit interesting. And this is also why the intro, that uh, deleted intro would have been unnecessary because like, this is when we get a nice little juicy exposition dump where the girlfriend talks about her insecurities and how she has to act dumb in order to get guys to like her and all this stuff like, <clears throat> which it's like, okay, that would, that's kind of an interesting idea. That kind of made me sort of more interested in the character because that's something a lot of people I know could relate to. Um, yeah, and she's saying this while Leatherface is standing right behind her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like which sniffing her hair and shit too and she doesn't even notice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well, like that's the thing is that like these characters are pretty oblivious. I mean, the, the house... The house actually, in some ways, looks trashier than it did in the first film, and and yet they're less nervous about wandering over to it than the main characters were in the first film were. You know, in fact, they just kind of talk while they're doing it. And th- this is it's around this time that she also sort of talks about how Jenny's character gets hit, like how like her mom is always dating these guys who are abused. So like that's where that like that's where you learn all that about the Reese Witherspoon character. Or Renee Zellberger. Sorry, Jenny. I keep. I'm just gonna call her Jenny. Um, that's when you learn like the most about that character is is through that bit. Yeah. Um, and then they decide to separate it for again for some dumb reason. The boyfriend ends up getting uh, held up at gunpoint by 
I forget what the character's name is, but he's always throwing quotes out. Um, Those fucking <laughs> that fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. The stupidest quotes. There is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was so That's funny. That his character quirk. He's like a cartoon character. It was just like two letters or something. I don't fucking W E. W E. Yeah. <laughs> w E. Yeah. So. So he's dealing with the boyfriend. And while that's happening, the girlfriend is getting attacked by Leatherface, who, you know, basically, yeah, like you said, he sniffs her hair, plays with her, her tiara a little bit, you know. And, you know, eventually she spots him, flips out, starts shrieking at the top of her lungs. He grabs her, drags her inside, throws her in the cooler. Um, she busts out of the cooler. So he has such a long, again. dumb scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so clumsy. Like- <laughs> felt like just a parody of the original i think that's what it is like it's around this time that i started to kind of think like wait a minute this is starting to like this is this is like a comedy like this is (laughs) this this is is funny (laughs) yeah like the girlfriend is just screaming so much and 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 leatherface is screaming too leatherface is screaming right back (laughs) at her like "Ah!" yeah the leatherface in this movie has an epic set of lungs he screams louder than any of the women in this movie do you know um yeah and and eventually he manages to i think he like puts a pot over the freezer so that she won't get out because she's too dumb to she keeps trying to escape while he's still in the room like that's what i didn't understand about these character actions is like he's still obviously in there he's still a threat and you're still like trying to like bust out of this freezer, like where he put you to stay. Like that's when you got to wait for him to, you know, f- fly out of the room and run upstairs or something. And then, you know, you sneak out of the freezer and go out the window. Like I bet if any of the characters in the first film had been put in that situation, that's what they would have done, you know, but instead they all got killed so quickly that yeah, they didn't get a chance to. So <clears throat> anyway, the boyfriend, he gets he uh I, I guess he tricks the guy into actually he doesn't really trick him that's the thing because the guy puts the gun to his head and tells him to go inside and the, and so he goes inside but then he locks the door behind him and then calls him a dumbass i'm like wait a minute you just locked yourself inside of a house with a killer like and you're calling that guy the we character a, a dumbass like you fool mm-hmm. he goes into the bathroom he doesn't even notice that there's literally like a uh, strung up carcass and like rotting corpse in the bathtub um and and you know he takes the time to take a piss as soon as he sees all that stuff he flees the room and then immediately gets killed in a very bloodless uh smack to the head with a hammer and so he disappears from the movie you never see him again um he was swapped out of the position right he he was put in the freezer and then Heather was taken out and put on the meat hook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's pretty much what happened. Um, yeah, that's about, yeah, that's around this time. Yeah, he goes in, pulls her up, puts her on the meat hook. Pretty much just like in the first film, only not as good. Um, you know, more like a comedy, basically. Uh, so, yeah, so then cut to cut back to Jenny and Vilmer. Um, and Jenny, I think, jumps out of the truck. He, you know, keep, drives off. She hides into the wood. She hides off into the shrubs. And it's around this time that Leatherface, I think, starts chasing after her. Yeah, Leatherface <clears throat> just shows up everywhere he needs to be. <laughs> yeah. Very, very convenient, you know, like, which it's a little 
the thing is like in the first film that happened but the thing is that in the first film it took place in a small area like it took place in a much smaller like location yeah whereas like this film already established the location as being several miles wide yep and it was confusing because he would just show up right in a few minutes like you'd see you'd see we or whatever tell other face to go get him and, but it was technically would be miles away and she'd be he'd just yeah. show right up he can teleport he shows right. up like like immediately it's the mm-hmm. craziest thing um so he chases her around for a while i think she yeah this is around the time she runs back to the house she runs inside i think she sees some dead bodies at some point um i think uh yeah yeah, like basically what happens in the first film happens although in this film it's a little bit more of a stunt set piece because she climbs onto the roof rather than jump out the window onto the ground that was so dumb Um, because she climbs on the roof and then to onto an antenna as well yeah (laughs) i was laughing yeah she's like doing gymnastics while other faces chasing after her with a chainsaw it's like how do you have time to do gymnastics and he's like buzzing up the the antenna all this stuff um i guess the reason they did that was because i mean in the first film when the main character does that she gets injured like when she jumps out the window and hits the ground she she like breaks her leg or whatever or sprains Mm. her ankle so in this film in order to have um jenny uh not get injured so that she could be the strong character later on in the movie that you know that she needs to be they have to have her do gymnastics. I don't know. No, this she's was like climbing a she's like climbing a wire and then it like snaps and she falls and I yeah. don't know, like some playground wooden playground set or something, but she's all fine when she gets up. <laughs> yeah. Not much was breaking her fall, but man, she managed to not get injured, you know. Yeah. And that also happens in, in the next movie we'll talk about too. So but we'll we'll get to that. <clears throat> anyway, um yeah so uh so yeah so she escapes oh and by the way i was gonna mention this was directed by the guy who wrote the first movie kim henkel so i don't know what his excuse was (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah she gets away she manages to retreat back to like kimberly or trish or darla whatever her name is the the lady with the breasts um (laughs) And uh, I'm trying to remember, did she get hit with the cattle prod first or the stick first? Oh, I, okay, I remember now. All right, so <clears throat> so Darla's there, or the, the lady with the breasts is there, and uh, Jenny... <laughs> My notes, I just called her boob lady as well. <laughs> yeah, the boob lady. I don't know what else, because I can't remember her character's name for some reason. Um it, it like she sounded her her name was it, it sounded like like a female wrestler name you know it was like one of those type of things like maybe sable <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> anyway so jenny shows up she's like they're the guy's going, coming after me with a chainsaw like you gotta help me he she you know looks around she's obviously just kind of you know doing whatever messing around she's like oh don't worry they're just trying to scare you and then it's around this time that the other dude who's throwing all the quotes around shows up and he's got a big bag. And um, yeah, this is when, uh, yeah, this, so this, this, this is when like he starts hitting her with the cattle prod, which I, 
you know, objectively speaking, the idea of watching a man hitting a woman with a cattle prod, it doesn't sound funny, but this movie manages to make it like into the funniest thing ever. Like, and, and I don't know if it had to do with uh, uh, Renee Zellweger's acting and the way she was screaming, but like something about it was just making me laugh. Like, yeah. Um, and so then they put her in the trunk of the, of the boob lady's car. And on her way back home, she decides to stop for pizza. <laughs> I mean, it has to be a parody because, like, she goes to the place. The guy at the pizza joint, I think she she draws some degree of attention to him. Like, she's like, "What's that noise, lady?" And uh, she's like, "Oh, that's just somebody I got tied up back there." And then I think after that, a cop, like a literal cop, comes over to her and asks, "What's in the trunk?" And she's like, oh, you really want to see? All right, I'll show you. And she just kind of procrastinates and bides her time. And then, like, just as she's about to open the trunk, the radio call happens, and then the cop walks away. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she gets a pizza. I guess they're not cannibals anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even though it doesn't really make sense that they would remove people's skin. And Well, I guess Leatherface... I mean, maybe he still does his weird stuff, but um, seems that actually, way, yeah. Yeah, and also nobody gets killed with a chainsaw all, either. Like, even though it's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, nobody dies. Yeah, this is, I think, the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie where nobody gets killed with a chainsaw. So, I mean, unless you count like inadvertently with the vehicular incident toward the end of the movie, that's like the only. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, so she they bring her back to the apartment. Um, you know, Jenny gets to meet this whole messed up family. Oh, and this is also around the time that the boob lady also goes back and grabs oh, the yeah, the the girlfriend managed to escape the meat hook and get somehow, yeah. <laughs> pretty far, yeah. And boobs comes over and knocks her out with a stick. Uh, that was so funny. Yeah, I, I even just wrote down like, "Yeah, she weirdly hits her." Like it was such yeah, a. She's like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 this movie just made me laugh, not like again and again. It's this is like one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life, actually. <laughs> um, yeah. So she gets to meet the whole family. <clears throat> um, Vilmer mostly sits around torturing her and plays oh there is some cannibalism i think because i wrote down matthew mcconaughey bites heather oh okay there we go okay no you're right um yeah i remember now yeah that happens a little bit later i don't know if he ate her nose or whatever i mean you didn't really see how much he bit off no, I just wrote he bites her. I don't know what yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. So, so maybe he ate part of her face. So there we go. There's the cannibalism. All done by Matthew McConaughey. Perfect. This is his best movie since Killer Joe. <laughs> um, he was good in this, I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I quite enjoyed the performances. Even though they were kind of funny, I still enjoyed them and thought they did a good job, you know. Yeah, I mean the actors definitely brought their A game. That's for sure. You know, there's they a, gave it a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> there's a whole range of emotions on display in this one. <laughs> um, there's this one scene where uh, Matthew McConaughey, like she, like so, 
he's like um he keeps putting his fingers in her mouth like again and again like he does that like a couple times um he at one point she manages to actually get a oh also because <laughs> i'm about i was about to like sort of yeah, throw off because yeah. that what i was about to say doesn't happen until after a bunch of other things um the boobs lady brings um reese w- renee zellweger's character the jenny character into the bedroom and like tells her that vilmer works for the illuminati <laughs> what'd you guys think of that twist i bet you didn't see that one coming I didn't. And at first I thought it was just her being brainwashed by some crazy guy. Yeah. Um, but no, I, like spoilers, <laughs> he fucking does. <laughs> and that's how they, and that's how I guess they the tech, this family gets away with murder for decades long is because they're working for the Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the twist that I would hope for from a, a movie about like a serial killer family. It's like, you know, all these strange mysteries and rituals and bizarre trinkets and stuff that you fetishes that you see gl- like little bits and pieces of throughout the series. And then the next generation, the twist is, oh, it's just the Illuminati. Yeah. So. But, um, you know, I guess that's my biggest problem with the final act of this movie, who's the twist ending. Um, but anyway, so Jenny finds that out. And um, so, yeah, Matthew McConaughey basically spends uh, a good portion of the rest of the movie either torturing Jenny or torturing Jenny's friend. Um, and he's got a robot leg, too, which he yeah. sometimes can't <laughs> find the remote for. Yeah. Got like 50 different remotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, and I think they all work, just some don't have batteries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just builds another one instead of getting new batteries. Yeah, because it's like there's yeah, a little a little bit further. They're fighting with the remotes, just clicking his legs, and he's clicking his legs, and it's just spazzing him out. And it's like, what? yeah, like he's very easy to paralyze. All you have to do is push a button on a remote. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just hope that he doesn't get another remote to counteract. Yeah, because he has like thirty in his pockets too. He like just keeps whipping out. Oh, this one's not yeah. working. Whips out another, like a video game <laughs> character pulling out all his weapons from a tiny backpack. It's great. It's like an endless supply of like nothingness, you know. Um, but Jenny does eventually get a hold of the sh- of the of the shotgun. Um. I, although there was some weird well okay it happens a couple times I, I like at one point he gets she gets a hold of the shotgun but like it, it isn't loaded or there was something going like she didn't cock it so like when matthew mcconaughey's character gets a hold of it he immediately like blows a hole in the window and then he grabs the gun and goes oh 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 and starts doing like the mm-hmm. like yeah so i like i did like that whole scene because it was just pure chaos and mayhem of mcconaughey yeah. just hitting everybody like his brother leatherface his girlfriend renee zellweger he was just going crazy on all of them yeah <laughs> like, whoa holy shit that's really cool and um leatherface um leatherface he actually does kind of what he does in the first movie where he goes from sort of being himself which is just some like depressed weirdo rotting away in a basement wearing suspenders to 
becoming grandma mode where he has like an old lady face and wig on and acts like the grandma to being full-blown sister mode which is like the what he does in the last act of the movie where he kind of dons the the third disguise but in the second half he's in grandma mode and um i i actually would say grandma leatherface was probably the funniest um just because she like he really got whoever the actor was really got into the character and was like oh, oh and was like doing a lot of like the like like old lady frailness type thing you know i just thought that was kind of funny um but yeah while matthew Matthew mcconaughey is doing the raise the roof with the shotgun jenny bolts out of the house this is probably the funniest part of the movie actually because it's rare that a victim can get so many perfect chances to Mm -hmm. escape in a horror movie don't know how she didn't get away (laughs) I'm still trying to figure out how she failed too. Like, so she's like driving away. Matthew McConaughey like jumps on her truck, like on the on the car, and instead of you know like breaking, knocking him over and running him over, she panics, I guess. And does she do the brake thing or no? She just crashes it. She just outright crashes the car. Like full on, like dead. Oh time. right, yeah. Because <laughs> she gets knocked out after that, right? When she doesn't. Yeah. Can. <clears throat> so she gets brought back into the house. Um, so yeah, failed escape attempt. <laughs> um, remarkable. And um, yeah, then I think it's around this time that Matthew McConaughey bites bites her friend there. And her friend is kind of just passed out at this point. Doesn't want to get up. He actually does a few different things. He bites her, he sets her on fire. And then, like, sometime after the Illuminati folks show up. Um, yeah, so yeah, that it was during like, this whole dinner scene where everyone's tied up and shit. <laughs> yeah, everybody's tied up. There's a bunch of weird people in costumes there. I think most of them are dead. Um, yeah, I thought they were all dead until one of them just stood up and walked out of the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, like they, so basically the Illuminati shows up, they stand around, they act, they, they basically, they, like the Vilmer character acts a little bit kind of. He completely suspicious. changes. Yeah. Like, he's like a dominant guy throughout the whole, until they show up when he's kind of like turned into a little puppy dog passive towards them for, we don't know why. He just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he says. Or the Illuminati. Illuminati. Yeah, they say they want these people to know what fear what fear is or something like that or the meaning of fear. When by these people he means Jenny cuz the other character's about to die. But um and then he opens his shirt and he's got like this weird like symbol symbolic looking I don't know like mark yeah, his whole thing. chest is all scarred up in like some pattern and i think yeah, he has like nipple he, he has some type like of ring hanging off. Rings yeah. some like, <laughs> and he starts licking jenny on the face and then walks away and so then matthew mcconaughey kills her friend by crushing her head um which he needs the remote for i guess you know and um somehow jenny gets out i think it's like another one of those situations where they're like trying to kill her and they fail (laughs) yeah and matthew mcconaughey also just was after he like squishes her head just like 
cuts himself too, like yeah. across his chest, like a madman. Yeah, he starts cutting himself up and basically just going into full berserker mode. And, and so, you know, it's no wonder that Jenny's able to escape. And of course, he tries to go after her, but it's because yeah. she got away because she somehow got one of his leg remotes. This is when the leg remote fight happens. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Yeah, because like, because eventually she manages to get control of the situation again, and that's around the time that she gets his remote and starts messing messing his mobility up. Um, <clears throat> so then we get to the worst part of the movie by far, where she's running. Uh, she's running away from the house and all of a sudden the landscape doesn't look anything like it did before like before it was all trees and shadows and now it looks a lot more open looks more like barren yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know exactly like where they teleported or what happened but right very strange and um she encounters a elderly couple on vacation and they're drinking um you know the lemonade umbrella things like it's like stereotypical retired like couple in a mobile home and uh she manages to flag them down at first they don't want to pick her up they're like no don't pick her up and then they see leatherface chasing her down they're like oh shit pick her up yeah (laughs) yeah leatherface he's he's you know bolting down the street he looks like divine bolting down the street with a chainsaw <laughs> he's att- he's attacking the mobile home and eventually um eventually the elderly couple wipe out and presumably die i mean we don't see them again i don't i don't know we don't see them die but leatherface is still chasing after the main character so i guess it doesn't matter and around this time matthew mcconaughey manages to also catch up as well and then I mean, I mean, do you want to say what happens to him? Because, like, it's just so dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah, just some random airplane <laughs> kills him, <laughs> runs him in, <laughs> runs him down with his, like, the propellers him down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the? <clears throat> some yeah. random airplane. Just a literal airplane that comes out of nowhere for no purpose <laughs> at all and is never explained, shows up and kills Matthew McConaughey and the threat's over because then Leatherface bursts into tears and starts dancing around and crying and the, the Illuminati pick up the um, Renee Zellweger character I got it right that time and um, <laughs> I saw you struggling <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um, they're like oh don't worry you're safe now and she's she kind of tells them off doesn't really matter she goes to the hospital the lady from the first movie marilyn burns is on a stretcher and it's like what what's that all about and then like the people kind of near the main character are like whoa oh oh did you know her did you know who that was i guess we ain't getting any answers something weird's going on here (laughs) and that's that's pretty much the end of the movie i mean that's yeah, I mean, there's a little bit more of Leatherface in the fields, you know. Just spinning around, sound. screaming. <laughs> yeah, Julie Andrews. And uh, that's pretty much it, you know. So, yeah, that's the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation, part four. 
That should be the official title. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it would actually make the movie better because it would describe the movie more. It feels kind of like three mistake movies blurred into one. But, yeah, I... I don't know. I actually kind of love this movie. It, like as time has gone on, even though I think it's a giant piece of garbage, uh, like I kind of I don't know. Like something about it. Like I can watch it anytime and enjoy it, smile, laugh. Just there's just something like unique about it. You know, like yeah, it's grown on me. I, I think I've gone mad. So I'd give it like. I don't know, like a four on the showgirls entertainment scale. Okay. I mean, maybe a two or th- maybe a two as a movie because it's not a very good movie. I mean, as far as the acting goes, it's all right, but like, I don't know. Th- those are my thoughts overall. Like, I'm glad I watched it again. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad I saw it, I guess. Yeah, because it is one I guess you'd want to see for the hilarity of a mess of a movie. <laughs> Yeah, it is and also the, on the bottom 100, too. Um, okay, makes it does perfectly fit down there, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and McConaughey is great in it. He's just unhinged. He, 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 even, he, he even does the all right, all right, all right. He, he pulls one that. of them out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't give it, like, I'd give it, like, a like a two and a half, probably, just to let you, yeah, watch it for something bizarre and just—it's dis- quite disturbing at many points. Yeah, but. yeah, probably not like a fun, casual viewing type of thing. Like, man, I think I'm the only person who could probably like get, find enjoyment out of like certain things, and <laughs> then like just because like it was so goofy and bizarre, and I've seen enough of these kinds of movies, but but yeah. Uh, I gave it a two just because my memory of watching it as a teenager was like, oh, this is good. But yeah, <laughs> uh, but like if I watched it again, I'd probably give it a little higher just because yeah. now I, I know that it's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you got to go through the stages. You have to like go through the stages of, yeah, oh, this is pretty good to oh, this isn't so good to, oh, this is, I guess this is actually not bad. It's so bad, it's good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is one of those for sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, that's about it. So, So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about your movie next, Nick. Okay. My movie was Stone Cold 91, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let me this up. Um, I think it's by the same director as I Come in Peace. Oh, really? I think. I, I could be wrong, but I think that's what I read. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's, um, I actually almost got skipped because I was trying to look for it uh, this afternoon. And I was like, oh, the only one I could find was on tech, at first on Amazon, a riff tracks of it. 
but i did find i did find a youtube version of it yeah it's the one i watched yeah cool yeah yeah, they, it is available. It was available at one point. I think uh, it was when I chose it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now it's like only on Amazon through riff tracks. So it would have had, yeah. you know, commentary throughout, comedy commentary throughout. But there's a version on YouTube for now. It's probably it'll probably be taken down soon enough. Yeah, it makes me wonder though. Did somebody like get like snatch up the rights to this and is gonna like do something? They kind must of- have because it is I, like a ton of podcasts have covered it as as one of those movies. Okay. Because I was also confused at the beginning. Like, did we do this movie or not? Because I remember the very first scene. Like, I think I must have seen at least the first scene. Yeah. Which is a a grocery robbery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the like, first shot of the movie, it's like a security camera, and the guy's like, "Boom!" Yeah, and he's blowing, he's just blowing up cereal boxes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a shootout almost. Well, not sort of a shootout. Yeah, like basically, like a. It starts off as a robbery, and then it evolves into almost a shootout, but not quite. Yeah, just Stone. I don't know what the hell Brian Bosworth, <laughs> whatever we yeah. want to call him, is. He is yeah. like because he's. He, the main plot is he's going undercover as a biker gang, so he has two names throughout the movie. Yeah, John Stone, I think his name is, or Jim Stone, or Jim, or well, Jim, Jim is his like his normal Jim Hogue or something, and then his fake name is John Stone, I think. Yeah, at least yeah, it was long though. Yeah, Joe Huff it, it, is his real name. Joe Huff, that's it. Yeah, <clears throat> I was a little confused about that. So. Uh, Joe. Oh. Hang on, let me. I'm gonna before we. Probably saying before uh, we go on, he's probably gonna like reset his router or something. (laughs) Cool. I actually literally just said before that I was, hey, let me switch to my other network because I'm lagging. (laughs) (laughs) That's all you missed for me. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Okay, yeah. So Joe Huff and John Stone. Those are his names. Yeah, yep. He's one of those renegade cops that got was, I mean, he was on a three-week suspension. Was it from that grocery robbery? Like, who robs a grocery store anyway, but... (laughs) (laughs) I think... All right, so I think he was a bit of a loose cannon before the grocery store robbery and had been um, suspended from the the force prior to that. And then he happened to be at the grocery store at that moment in time. And he was dressed kind of like... You know how the wrestlers dress when they walk down the, um, the ramps to the ring? And they always have... They're always, like, wearing those those big coats and then they get into the room and they take them off yeah mm-hmm. yeah he's he's wearing one of those so like you look at him and you know he's he's you know he's up to no good uh <clears throat> and he and after that there's that he he gives that beautiful <laughs> stupid ass uh good guy protagonist quip clean up on aisle four <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> just like, oh, they had to put that in, didn't they? They just had to. They couldn't resist it. And I can't yeah. blame them at this point. I can't blame them. 
I can't either because like one guy went through the window, another guy like went flying through like a box, like a display shelf. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, so that's what you know you're getting into. First scene ends with a clean up on aisle four joke. Yeah. Um, pretty much. So yeah, this is one of those. Um, this is this is one of those uh, uh, man cave movies from the early '90s that, like, I think my dad used to like because my dad used to rent all kinds of trash, and this was I this one I remember being one of the more like fun, fun ones. Which mm. watching it now, it's actually more fun than I remembered it being. It's like, <laughs> but it was actually anyway. watching it now. I was actually more surprised at how well it was put together than what I was expecting. I was yeah. expecting like a samurai cop. <laughs> like that still is probably like my bar so far. Yeah, but this, this one was a little well more put together than that. <laughs> yeah, you can't get over that wig, you know. That's like the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh God! Um, so at, at this point, we're kind of exposi- expositioned to what's going to be happening throughout the movie. Is there's this there's this biker gang, uh, the Brotherhood is just what they're called. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. One of their leaders got caught and is was put on trial, and um, I think they killed the initial. Ju- they killed the initial judge. Yeah, they so blew him up. Oh. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, they blew his boat up while he was getting on it. Um, so this new judge is coming in who wants to also run for governor. So he wants to put him on death, uh, the death row or whatever. Uh, yeah, and the gang wants to stop it. <clears throat> yeah, so that's basically the uh, one of the plots of the bad guys, or I guess it mostly yeah the main plot of the main bad guys. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a, I, I mean, I want to call it a biker gang, but upon rewatch, it's actually, it's actually more of a biker commune, <laughs> like a biker cult almost. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like they're, one of their head honchos gets locked away for 40 years and is on is possibly at risk, risk for being on death row. So they're retrialing they're, him they're going, too. I don't know if yeah. that's legally allowed, that double jeopardy thing. I don't like maybe in the state of Mississippi. I mean, I know that l- later on they involve like the literal Supreme Court of Mississippi. So it might have something to do with that. But um, basically the, from what we gather, the, the biker cult, their aim through various manipulation through the mob and all this stuff is to start a, a, a essentially a turf war with the law enforcement in order to free their their guy mm-hmm. is kind of what i gathered yeah uh, and we see this exposition i think it's like through a newspaper and tv while while our boys making what i thought was a smoothie at first <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking funny it was like he's pouring in orange juice okay okay and then yeah. snickers ad placement he throws two snickers in i'm like what 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 what's what's going on here he, throws, yeah. he chucks potato chips in like huh and then yeah. he break he, he like you know cracks eggs puts it in okay we're getting to the protein shake and then just chucks the eggshells in as well I was like well why'd you break the eggs in the first place <laughs> yeah, I, oh. I, and and also like the the blender was like a little smaller than usual 
and yeah. he, was, he was loading it up with so much stuff that I, I feel like it could have broken that blender. Right? <laughs> like, how did it even work? You figure like the motor would have just like kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's so much. Like that's like a little too much protein because you got like all that stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, what the oh. fuck? He's gonna drink this? But no, it gets even a little wackier than what you expect. He has a pet Komodo dragon of some, like, I think it's a Komodo dragon, some giant ass lizard. He has a pet yeah. giant lizard. Either like, a Komodo a... dragon or like a monitor lizard or something. Yeah, yeah. But I think Komodo dragons are deadly and shit. So I don't think it was that. So that monitor lizard makes sense. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just a soup. Yeah, yeah, he makes soup. It's just like a soup for it. And he's like, come on, it's your dinner. Come on, you got to get it eaten, get healthier. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, my screen went off. I got to plug in my battery. That was probably my favorite relationship in the whole movie between him and his, his dragon. <laughs> he was so funny, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I don't remember if this is when his new partner comes in or not, but he or but it was funny because he was wearing like this man thong. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like his new partner comes in talking to him and shit like and he's like wait yeah. do you have a dog and it's the <laughs> the, the, the little lizard the, the big lizard under like some sheets and he's sitting on a bed and, and the girl just is half naked next to him he's like oh shit oh fuck what the fuck <laughs> yeah she she literally has one line in the whole movie Hiya. Yeah. <laughs> Never see her again. Yep. yep. She her, it should have been high fucking ya. Like <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is all just to establish that this guy's a badass. <laughs> yeah. Because they just I mean the fact that they showed him busting a couple guys at a grocery store who were robbing it, you know, and then it wasn't enough. <laughs> Yeah, like they also have to have him feeding a literal dragon and then like, you know, getting out of bed with a woman while wearing a muscular man thong thing. And yeah, my man thong was so fucking funny. <laughs> it was. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this yeah. movie is like um, a lot of testosterone going on in this yeah. one. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> so uh, F the FBI wants him to go undercover saying, oh, we'll uh, take that three-week suspension off if you go undercover with this bike gang. And he's like, ah, respect for, like, or he says no. He says no initially, like, smart, because it is just three weeks. And then they just say, okay, never mind. You're going to be on six months unpaid if you don't take it. And he's like, what the fuck? That's blackmail. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, the one guy on, in the FBI, it was the dentist from Freaks and Geeks. He's like, oh, the FBI doesn't consider it blackmail. And then it never gets brought up again. Yeah. That, yeah. That They're just like, okay. no, it's not. Uh, well, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, that was silly. Um, <clears throat> but I, I don't blame him also, like, for not wanting to be, to, for not wanting to infiltrate a, a biker cult honestly because like you find out like literally it, like there's after you see the whole robbery thing 
there's like a montage of them doing their biker stuff and they're they're dangerous folks i mean they're like shooting at each other like shooting beer bottles <laughs> off of each other's shoulders and stuff yeah like, yeah it was on his like the first guy did it it was on his shoulders he, the dude shooting kept missing so he put it on his head <laughs> yeah it's great they're literally pit fighting right out in the open I mean, that's later too, though, after he's because he's trying to ingratiate himself. So he goes to their first, he goes to the strip club tit for tat with his with his hypochondriac uh, partner who's like a germaphobe and shit. Yeah. (laughs) Who looks goofy. (laughs) He looks goofy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But in there, he's. He tries to like you know not necessarily pick a fight but you know one up the one of the header not the main guy but like it's the second in command who's there yeah. um, Ice is his name yeah kind of picks a fight with him but just some random fight and just downstairs breaks out for no reason uh, like I don't know some guys are owed money and. So Stone helps out the biker gang by beating the shit out of these dudes. So that helps him ingratiate with... Because you see the actual head honcho chains kind of like, you know, walking the perimeter, just watching watching oh, yeah. Stone the whole time. So that helps out, which gets him, a, gets him an invite to that crazy biker fight party fucking whatever. <laughs> fight. There, yeah, there's... <laughs> Pit fight. Yeah, there's like a fight club pit fight thing that he he gets he goes into and beats the shit out of some dude. At first yeah. he's getting his ass kicked, but you know, of course yeah. he turns it around. Yeah. It was a pretty it was a pretty rugged fight. Like, you know, I mean I'm I, I've seen a lot of martial arts movies. This is more of like a brawling, grappling type of like thing where he's like he, he at one point he picks up brian bosworth and he's like gonna bend him over his knee and stuff and there's like a close-up of his torso and he's like and he busts him yeah cool and he wins a bike race during that as well mm-hmm. against i think it was that ice guy um yeah brian bosworth like... he's just beating all the levels on grand theft auto all the missions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, this was montage-esque, but yeah. except there was like dialogue and no music track, and but it was yeah. just scene for scene, just like him showing him how much of a badass he is to these bikers. Yeah. Uh, so and chains and is the bad guy, the chains guy. Yeah. So chains likes him. He likes they're raiding his van. I don't know. Just. And he lets his, he based chains basically lets his, you know, the main female. I don't, I don't know her name except for her, <laughs> the old ladies, like chains old ladies. Basically, that's like, I couldn't. I don't know if they said her name more than once. If they did at all, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, she probably had like the. I mean, maybe all, like her and Brian Bosworth probably had the most personality out of all the characters in the movie. So. See if I can maybe it's Nancy, I think. Okay. We'll just call her Nancy for now. I mean, because I I yeah, I did not get her name because they couldn't have said it more than once. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it Brian just, Bosworth is like Nancy, wait, or something later on in the movie. When... Yeah. Anyway. But he basically like, yeah, but Chains basically says, Yeah, you can have your way with my wife if you want. <laughs> 
Yeah. And since you know he's a cop or whatever, he's like, eh, I don't, I don't want to, and just I don't know, doesn't. doesn't yeah, like basically, yeah, Chains is like, you can, you can have my old lady, and she goes into Brian Bosworth's van, or maybe it's not his van, but it's a van. It is his. He's, he's like, what? He's because he's like comes up to him. And he's like, why are you going oh, yeah. through my shit? Okay, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, so she like she's like with him in his van, and and she's like, "Aren't you gonna take me?" And he's like, he "Yeah, says she, something along she's the coming line. on to him and stuff." Yeah, yeah, and he says something along the lines of, uh, it's, "I don't consider it. I don't consider some a hot thing like you something." that a person can just give away or something like that. Something that sort of seems complimentary, but also seems kind of like unusual to like. I, yeah, I, it's it was, complimentary, it's but also insinuates that she's not a person, just a object. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which it sounds about right for this movie's, uh, this movie's atmosphere. Cause really this whole movie is about people kind of objectifying themselves in order to get street cred. It's kind of interesting in that sense. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, the next, I mean, it still keeps on going for Stone to oh, try and get. Yeah, uh, there's there's one bit with a with the uh, the body armor. Yep, that's um, right. Yeah, that's what I was about to yeah bring up yeah. is yeah the next piece he's so he's still trying to ingratiate so he brings him some body armor and he's like this is federal stuff how'd you get this and he's like I don't know I half all my guns are and so are half of yours (laughs) (laughs) and chains is like oh oh good point and and he makes it and he puts it so he puts it on stone and shoots him just to i don't fucking know just to just to fuck with him i guess yeah (laughs) even though he said don't fuck with me yeah (laughs) and he even tackles him and says i told you not to fuck with me Mm -hmm. Uh, oh yeah yeah he breaks out a fight and you know yeah and this is this is when he wins chain's heart actually Mm -hmm. when he almost kills him (laughs) yep (laughs) so he gives him a mission i didn't really catch what it was but uh from what i gathered what that follows was he was killing some he was supposed to kill some guy yeah it's it's like somebody who uh chains felt was was stiff in him or, or or like was like stealing from him or something like that. Yeah, stiffing or snitching or yeah. something. I don't like, know. But bring me some, bring me some collateral. You know, like bring me back something of his. Like one of those kinds of things. Yep. So. And we see him actually being a cop during it, though. Like they arrest him and put him in like protective custody and shit. And yeah. And then he takes f- pictures of his ears. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He gets some ear from somebody and has a tattoo. Guy say. I've tattooed ass, titties, and everything in between, but I've never tattooed a dead ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and meanwhile, they put him on a plane back to wherever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so, yeah, then he gives Chains the ear, and Chains is like, oh. That's, like, mostly all Lance Henriksen does in this movie is act impressed by Brian Bosworth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. <laughs> so and then chains this is after he does that even chains is a little skeptical still because he's like how is this random guy you know doing all of this stuff 
So he had, I guess he has somebody working on the inside of the police departments. So can you look up this stone guy for me? And that doesn't come back later until the last 10 minutes of the movie. But yeah. Oh, the lady on the phone. <laughs> yeah. 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 I remember her. Like she, her, she was weird. Her voice, like, um, like didn't really fit her. Like, I don't know. Her, her voice sounded like it was ADR. I don't know how to explain it. She like the way she was talking. She was like, "Hello, can I help you?" But the way she sounded was like, "Hello, can I help you?" Like it was strange. Like I don't know. I don't know if you guys noticed that. I did, yeah. Oh, and at okay. first, I was like, I was first a bit confused because I <laughs> thought it was the girl that he was sleeping with too mm, in the yeah. very beginning. But I don't think it was. And then also at the end, I think it may have been alluded that it was Nancy's sister. I don't I don't know if that was just a throwaway line that I heard or made up, but I mean I guess I wouldn't be surprised since like because she was she was on the phone with her at one point, like for like a second. I yeah. That's yeah. something there, yeah. And that's around one the time when she found out that Joe Hill or whatever his name is and and Jack Stone or John Stone and I don't know what their names are, but like, I think that was around the time that she found out like, Oh, wait a minute. This person has multiple names, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. later. But that's way later. Yeah. yeah so. um, and was this around the time that there was that, um, that grenade in the car? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It comes. So his next mission for the gang is, I don't know, some just random pickup, drug pickup, money pickup that go that goes awry because arrival it's like the mafia like the italian mafia yeah he's like this is our turf and he blows up one of the main another one of the main bikers and joe tries to stop him but can't yeah (laughs) yeah he does survive he's all fucked up in a hospital shit maimed beyond belief and he's like Um, kill me please just kill me (laughs) He yeah. like, asks them to kill him, <laughs> and he's like, "Then like they in the biker gang just like, no, no, you'll be fine." And he like he hands uh, he hands one of the biker girls to him. He's like, "She'll marry you. Don't worry. I'll ordain it and everything." Yeah, <laughs> it's like God damn. And this was also this was the scene I remembered the most from this movie too. Strangely enough, because like, they're, so they're in the in the room, and after they're done, um, con- like trying to be supportive of their friend who is now a permanent burn victim the tv is giving a news report of um the the supreme court uh date for their their guy who's who could potentially be tried as a on death row and so chains is like turn that shit off and instead of turning it off the biker literally just puts his fist through it yeah, <laughs> that that was the scene I remembered the most for some reason when he, the guy just punched the TV. I was like, "All right, cool, cool." <laughs> and then they leave the hotel or the hospital room. <laughs> yeah, so funny. So, um, this is where I guess some more undercover cop shit starts happening uh stone kind of alludes that he has i don't know they call it i think it's just like breaking bad type meth methylamine they call it ptp or whatever yeah p2p yeah Yeah, uh 
it's kind of a dumb name which i I i'm assuming is just because i know bikers make meth and sell meth that's their main drug i'm assuming it's a you know one of the chemicals to make it and he says yeah i can get a ton of this shit but it's it's actually it's gonna it's actually like a a fbi sting that uh stone's setting him up for yeah and when wasn't there also like a there, I remember somewhere in the midst of all this stuff there was also like a like a person like the Italians steal the Chains's girlfriend's purse like after she makes a bunch of money like four hundred oh, it was yeah that's that was the pickup they were doing yeah it was, okay. at first I thought like. I don't know, maybe he's in the 90s and infl- I don't remember inflation, but she's like, if it was his old lady that just lost only $400, because she said, how he, he like asked her, how much did you lose? 400 I was like, okay, 400 grand? Shit, you're fucked. <laughs> but no, it was just 400 bucks. <laughs> like, it's like, he's like, just, here's 400 don't tell, where it, don't tell him where it came from. I'm like, well. I'm sure. If, I'm well, sure. Even if it was like a lower, like lower henchman, he would have just gotten the shit beat out of him. But like, since it was yeah. the main biker dude's wife or old lady, she would have just gotten like a talking to. <laughs> right. But I guess that's kind of how it works in the world of this movie. Um, yeah. Anyway, he gives her four hundred dollars and the end says, "Don't just don't forget where you got it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget where you got it, girl." I'm not going to forget or something like that. Yeah. And we're given some more FBI shit. Um, Like they need a witness as well. So, you know, Mm. Stone's going to try and flip Nancy. uh, To be a witness. Yeah. Yeah. And, and doesn't she also like, at some point she actually kind of catches wind that he might be a, an officer and she sort of confronts him about it and he kind of just he kind of gives her a non-answer a little bit like he says okay yeah i'm a cop so what like or something this like was that. after the call yeah this was after oh, that okay. call oh okay sorry yeah uh, whoops i'm jumping ahead again <laughs> yeah but there was also the the when did this happen because um it happens a little later, yeah. So. Oh, it, oh yeah, I remember now. This was after the whole thing with the um, border patrol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I right. even so. wrote down uh, that makes it easy because, like, after they're you know starting to move forward with the plan of this, the biker gang starting to move forward with the plan of like the drug trade, they go. It's I don't know. They have to go to like this army base or something, and then they just yeah. murder. They straight up murder people. Yeah, which they kidnap the two border patrol agents. They're like they're army people on this because it's because it's that's when it starts getting hair like because eventually because that's when uh Stone's like technically taken off the case because it goes from Alabama to federal a federal. Oh, that happens. That happens after the two are killed. Yeah, yeah. It, it's um. In fact, it, I think it might have had to do with that. It did, um, yeah, because yeah. it's like this isn't this isn't you can't do this has nothing to do with you anymore. Not like this is federal stuff now that two army men have been killed and shit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. and Nancy doesn't like that. And so, and there was also this other uh, biker dude that like was like a liked uh, Stone a lot. 
Yeah, this was interesting. Yeah, because he was just like, because after that first bar fight, he was like, you know, a big fan fanboying over uh, Stone the whole time, and he was against it as well. And I think it is a biker thing, at least like with Hell's Angels, that they don't do they don't fuck with innocent people. Like that's right. one of their that's one of their main rules. And I think this they were definitely an analog to the Hell's Angels. So like, yeah. They started fucking with the main tenants of it by killing those two dudes, and they're like, "You can't do this." And he didn't care. No one cared except for Nancy and that one dude. Yeah, and they 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 end up um, maiming him. Like, don't they like shove his hand into like the bike spoke or something like that? Oh right, yeah, yeah. They like that's, <laughs> and they don't bring that because he does show up later too. Still, yeah. <laughs> But then I guess they never show his hand either. So afterwards, but. yeah. So we're meant to assume that that was, yeah. He 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 was punished. Yeah, but and it, um, it gives the sound effect that like his, his hand was sawed off. Like. Yeah, but you know this whole movie is so over the top that like it's hard to tell if somebody's getting maimed or just getting beaten up or whatever. But yeah, it's pretty sadistic what they do to the 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 guys at the army, the army dudes, because they they literally lock them in boxes first and then shoot them. It's like yeah, so it's not just like innocent murder; it's like like kind of torture. Like, yeah. yeah. So that yeah, so chains at this point is like yeah, he's got to die. But yep. um, and this is where I wrote like I was because this is right after he says I'm gonna flip nancy and then they show her like like oh so they're just making this easy for him to flip her <laughs> like the movie's yeah. doing 90 percent of the main characters work for him <laughs> yeah things are going perfectly well and then like it's around the 55 minute mark that things start getting botched a bit um because yeah he's talking to nancy and they're like having lunch or something like that and she's talking but about herself and he's like starting to learn something it seemed like it was going in an important direction, but then his FBI partner there showed up and ruined it by passing him a note and said, saying something like, come meet me here now. <clears throat> so he's like, oh, gotta go make a phone call. And he leaves and drives away on a bike. And that other dude who's been suspicious of him the whole time sees him doing that. Yep. And so he starts chasing after him and that dissolves into what happens next. <laughs> yeah, yep. I... Ice finds him, sees that he's talking to the FBI guy, and even calls him "So Joe Huff" or whatever. And then they, yeah, they get into a big bike chase scene yeah. with that ice guy dying. <laughs> yeah, along with some a couple other innocent cops. Like, yep. Um, because those are still like I've seen this multiple times in movies. You watched motorcycles exploding way bigger than I I assume a motorcycle would explode. Yeah, this movie had a few of those actually. Because like that truck explosion, and there was like a helicopter explosion, and then at least at least one other car explosion somewhere in there too. Like yeah. lots of explosions in this movie. Um. And yeah, the motorcycle explosion was particularly gnarly because then you got to see his all his burnt up body. This movie has like a thing for maimed corpses because yeah, you see like cl a close up of his face, all like red and swollen, and, uh, and then he dies. It's like woof. So yep. he didn't even get a chance to tell Chains what what was really going on. 
Yeah, but the wife finds out because she gets the call and she finds out that she he may be a, he he says he, he first says yes so i have a bunch of aliases what of it and i couldn't under like but she's she asked him so are you a cop and i couldn't like the like i couldn't get the dialogue out of what he said at yeah. all if you could or not so, <laughs> like I, I rewound it a few times he said something he said the word cop i couldn't tell if he says yeah i'm a cop or no i'm not a cop or maybe yeah. i am i couldn't get the i was like I did, what did he say this is yeah Important. I think he said he was a cop, but then later on in the movie, she acts, like, really shocked. Like, yeah, more she does act, she acts than... super shocked when shit goes down that, oh, you are a fucking pig. So yeah. I don't think he actually admitted it there, I, is my yeah. understanding. But I do want to, yeah. I still want to know what he fucking said. I want to know, too. I I hate to say it, but the movie, it's, it's, so the DVD company that released it is Kino, right? Or the Blu-ray company that released it is Kino. But one thing I know about that company, though, that one of the things I've, I've consistently had problems with is that their releases tend to not have subtitles. So I'd be willing to bet that even if you had this movie on physical release, you still wouldn't know what they said. Damn, that's <laughs> shitty, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, the, maybe the audio would be better, you'd hope. Maybe. <laughs> Turn up your speakers, be like, okay, come on, Brian Bosworth. I did. I turned up my speakers, put my ears yeah. right to him, rewound it like three times to try and hear what he said, but yeah. couldn't get it <laughs> because that's important to know what he said in that moment. <laughs> yeah, we got to understand the character. Oh, it's like fuck. a missing piece of the stone cold puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we and then we're just, you know, seeing a Viking funeral for that ice dude. He's like on top of a bunch of shit. They, they light yeah. him on fire and whatnot. Yeah, that was <laughs> that was funny. I, and I couldn't help but wonder, like that character. I mean, he seriously had nobody else in his life other than these bikers. Like he didn't have a, maybe some family somewhere who might have actually wanted to like give him a proper burial or something. No, no like just that's not how the bikers is. What was that? Her her tattoo was like. Remember, the, she had a tattoo like brotherhood before everything or like bcrba or ball i don't fucking know it was like I, I brotherhood before everything or something like yeah. that so and so yeah the brotherhood's the uh the hurt was his family yeah i guess so you know but they do the sting thing anyway yep the sting begins after that funeral which is like the last yeah last 10 15 minutes of the movie really yeah, this is when shit happens really fast. Yep. You see Stone, he shoots a dude, but you know, uh, he's wearing a vest, of course, because he's a cop. He wouldn't shoot him because he shot him right in front of Chains. And it was no surprise. Yes, he was a cop and he was squibbed up and all that shit. Yeah. Um, the one time in the movie when the squibs are fake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so the truck starts for, I guess they're on to him. The bikers are somewhat on to him at least or something. People start suspecting because they divert the the actual delivery location, which makes the entire sting go completely like, because they needed to be in a certain spot. Yeah. Um, 
I'm guessing it had to do with that one dude earlier in the movie that they tried to send away send out of the country. That, it must have been around this time that he showed back up again. Maybe he showed up after the funeral. Maybe he showed up after Stone Cold shot the guy or pretended to shoot the guy. Like maybe I'm they're not... driving on the road and then he's like, well, hey, yo, I just got back. I got to tell you something about that John Stone fella. Maybe. Well, all I know is they were trying to get the, the, that, the Italian mob and the bikers with one with this one sting yeah and earlier when they talked to the mob wasn't there something about like a head what in the helmet or something oh right yeah they that one guy that was responsible for the like the grenading of that thing like yeah they gave him the president <laughs> and the head was inside so that's how the biker gang was able to coax them into the uh into this drug sting thing yeah <laughs> which okay i mean i guess i guess it makes sense yeah, but um, when so the, the 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 sting gets diverted, and this is where like, uh, this is when she actually finds out she's a cop because his partner says, "Huff, what the fuck are you doing? Where are you going? You're going off course." And she says, "Oh, you are a cop. I knew it. Shit." Yeah, and he's like, "Thanks. You just blew my wit my one witness or whatever." Yeah. Um. So, and he's hoping that she won't rat him out, but you know, brotherhood you before everything. So. Yeah, and you think she does too, because after that, I think he gets ca- Does he get captured there or something? I don't remember exactly. Uh, no, because well, he's he able chose- to. He oh, he just bikes off. <laughs> like he delivers well, yeah. a truck there and is like, "I'm out of here." <laughs> yeah, because he's got to stop the. He's got to stop the truck full of drugs. Yeah. Because that has to happen in the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I remember seeing this at least shot. Maybe it was in a red letter they did this movie that I saw this shot from where where he's where the, the, the mob's taking the drugs or whatever and he just says, pull over, and they don't. So he shoots off the trailer. He like just shoots the actual trailer off of the truck and it like goes into a gas station and explodes and then never talked about again (laughs) yeah they pull a miracle mile they blow up an entire gas station and then move on and it also doesn't make sense that they they use actual p2p for this sting like you'd figure they would just fill up barrels with water or some shit because that's all it looked like (laughs) like weird so like why would you actually need it unless they were gonna i guess test it or something on site i don't fucking know but yeah i don't know but he does end up reconvening with the FBI shortly before going back to the biker commune. Yep. And he, <clears throat> he does, so he does go, yeah, he does go back to the biker commune, but is ratted out at first, you think, by her, because he's, like, saying something, he says something about a bitch, and he's petting her. But then yeah. some some guy, I don't remember, yeah. like, I, was, I was trying to remember where he came from, because I remember was- from... Was that the ear dude? Or yeah, that... that was the ear dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's the one that ratted him out. Yeah. He's got a long hair now, for some reason. Yeah, because I definitely recognize him. Like, wait, what was he? What did he do before this? That rat, that son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> and then the villain does probably the dumbest thing he possibly could have done in this movie, and lets Brian Bosworth live kind of ish he plays a game of half loaded russian roulette like i don't know why 
yeah. he like yeah he like he empties you know empties out his thing and puts only three bullets in instead of the six spins the barrel yeah shoots the shoots the rat and then shoots his wife oh does that's right she does die doesn't she yeah he shoots her i think does she even come because because i wondered too just the way it was shot it kind of looked like it would have been one of those grazed my head shots but she doesn't come back does she she is dead right I, I I assume she was dead. I mean, pretty much everybody else in the movie died, so I, I'm assuming she's dead too. Yeah, I thought the same thing happened. Yeah, because yeah, it looked like she like did one of those ducks and it yeah. clipped her head kind of thing, but she doesn't come back, so I guess she's dead. <laughs> yeah, I think it was it was a really fast shot, and there weren't any squibs or anything like that. I think that was one of the few times in the movie actually, probably the only death scene in the movie that wasn't bloody. Yeah, uh, which maybe it's because they didn't want to show, you know, because because she was actually a likable character, and so they probably didn't want to show her getting her face blasted open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, <clears throat> but yeah, they had to have some the, class. Yeah, even though it's a very classless, politically incorrect movie. I mean, they kill a priest within the first like ten minutes. And he impersonates a priest during the final scene too. Yep. Yep. The big showdown, which mm-hmm. ends in actually a much more interesting way than I than I recalled. Yeah, pure chaos. <laughs> Just yeah. Goes and off see, the walls. I remembered the movie ending. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but I remember the movie ending with Brian Bosworth winning. <laughs> doesn't he i mean not really everybody was dead other than him like he like pretty much the biker gang like oh, I, I mean they kind of blew it the whole thing like the yeah. biker gang kind of succeeded they killed everybody but the they, biker gang also dies so yeah, that's true mutual so. assured destruction yeah but they still they ended up taking out the entire supreme court they ended up taking out pretty much all of the police that were there including the courthouse and the witnesses um yeah i think the only people who survived at the end of the movie were brian bosworth and his fbi partner yeah yep yeah but a number of different things happened in the midst of all that um and uh, I don't know, some of the highlights, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the, the whole thing that, I, I guess we may as well start with the helicopter. Yeah, they somehow get a helicopter. Yeah. The biker gang. And like, I guess it's going to be a diversion because they, they captured Stone at this point. Mm. And they're going to, they, I don't know what they're blowing. At first, I thought they, they said White House. They're going to blow up the White House <laughs> by dropping them onto it. But yeah. I was like. I think they were just talking metaphorically because yeah. they were still just in Mississippi or Alabama or wherever this is taking place. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's Mississippi. Yeah. I, I might have called it Alabama earlier. But... Yeah, no, I don't remember. It was, it was one of those two states. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, the whole idea was they were going to drop him. They strap him with dynamite, drop him off onto, I don't know, some how like political building to blow up which would be the diversion of them allowing him to kill the judges chains to kill the judges but 
of course bosworth you know breaks free you know uh that's the two typical hero thing on the helicopter yeah. where he busts busts everybody up and then takes control of the, of the helicopter basically yeah there's like 10 seconds left on the dynamite but it takes him like a minute and a half to push the guy out <laughs> with yeah. the dynamite and like like that explosion was real close to a helicopter too and i like i'm pretty sure helicopters are pretty sensitive to any type of air fluctuation and movement which a, a dynamite explosion would do so i'm surprised oh, yeah. that nothing happened to that afterwards <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure when they, I'm sure filming that scene was a nightmare. Um, I, I'm sure filming a lot of these scenes were a nightmare, actually, because some of them were pretty tech, technically complicated. Like, you got the, you got the showdown in the courthouse on the steps. You got the helicopter thing. You got, so what like, was interesting going on, on the ground level and the guy falling out? Like, it's just crazy. But go on. So yeah, so uh, did oh, in that one shot with the dude that was it in this movie or the next movie? There was. A guy that falls out onto a car, and like that was, the, was, that was this movie. That was yeah. a good shot. I was like, "Oh, damn, yeah. that was cool." That was impressive. Um, um, and also the scene where the scene where Lance Henriksen actually takes takes the guy out. That was that was my that was probably my favorite quote of the movie. Um, where he goes to the judge and he he's putting the gun. He's like pointing the oh, gun. Oh, like, no, yes. like, that was a great quote. Yeah, yeah. It was this brings uh, me back to uh, you can say it if you want. It was but. yeah. This brings me back uh, to my father's last words: "Were <clears throat> don't shoot. That gun is loaded." <laughs> Wait, son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was that was great. That was, that was a, a good villain. Yeah, you have a horrible. cool villain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> played it really well and there was so there was one thing too that i noticed uh the reason why i think the reason why this like this whole last uh epic scene uh was directed by somebody else oh okay no way that's in our next movie actually i think now that i remember uh, watching it yeah okay yeah either way i mean the next movie is sort of similar in certain ways so i can understand like the mistakes yeah yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, both of them have an FBI partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two renegade cops with a two <laughs> lo yeah. loser partners. Yeah, yeah. But this movie does have one thing in common with Texas Chainsaw Massacre: The Next Generation, <laughs> and that is a scene in which a character jumps from a a, a, a tall height and somehow oh, right. to survive the fall without injuring themselves. Yeah. I because th I assume that's what he was gonna go for, but get closer at least to a, the, <laughs> the the roof of the building. But no, he jumps pretty far, and not yeah. just onto the roof through the like a glass ceiling, and then presumably a couple more floors down onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, but like it was such a weird shot, though. Like it because like when he lands, we're meant it's to sideways. Land, yeah. Yeah we're meant to assume that he lands hard on the floor, but instead like it's angled at such a way that it looks like he's like hitting the wall. Like, like he's falling. I think that's the how they filmed like, it. Whoa, whoa, I assume that's how they did film it is they, he, he just ran into a wall and then just got yeah. back up. Cause he gets yeah, it back up like, instantly. 
<laughs> Absolutely. I, that had to have been it. They were like, okay, we're going to have you fall through the roof. And then Brian Bosworth, like you, you play football, you know how to, you know, ram a hard surface, you, you know, let's have you do one of those. And yeah. so then they just had him be like, okay. And then he goes, Ugh! and it's like, good enough. You survived. <laughs> Out of something no one should have been able to survive, yeah. Yeah, they didn't even show him getting up. They just showed him just, he was in there, blasts everybody. It's like, yep. okay. <laughs> yep, and that's, it's also where shit just starts going down because the escape plan was the helicopter, mm-hmm. but, uh, like, Stone says, ha-ha, it's me. And and then and Chain just, like, says, oh, fuck it, everyone for himself. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. He's the worst uh, cult leader ever because he just, to him, everybody's expendable. That's what makes him such a crazy villain. You know, he just uses everyone and then lets them all fend for themselves when, whenever big, bad, scary Brian Bosworth comes around the corner. (laughs) So, yeah. Which, to be fair, Brian Bosworth is pretty big and scary and bad. So I guess he has a point letting everybody Mm -hmm. fend for themselves, but still, you know. Yeah. Um, although there was one interesting moment, though, in, in in the midst of bullets and bloodshed, um, there was that one moment where his fanboy comes back. Yeah. And, um, yep. Yeah. That was cool. where. Yeah, because there was just this one guy saying, "We got uh, we got hostages. Don't make yeah, us." He's, got, you know, like, a ho- he's like putting the gun to the lady's head, and yeah. like some random lady with a dress, and it's like, "Oh, we're in a shooter." And the other, his the the redheaded dude who liked Brian Bosworth was in the room. But you can tell, yeah. you can say what happened. <laughs> and then, like, so you know, Brian Bosworth sneaks up, you know, looks around the corner because he's yelling out. So he's giving. And then his fanboy looks at him, smiles, and then like you see that the other dude actually saw him as well and just blasts <laughs> blasts his fanboy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, but before he does, he's like he he warns him. Um, he he like warns him that somebody was coming or something, and then okay, he gets pulled. Yeah, yeah. And then Brian Bondsworth turns around, it's like oh oh, and just shoots them. It's like yep. oh okay. And that and that's the scene that was the cool one with the guy falling out onto the car <laughs> hardcore. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a good shot. Yeah, that was that was one of the best stunts in the movie, definitely. Oh. Although Lance Henriksen gets to do some physical stuff toward the end where Brian Bosworth beats him up a little bit, throws him down some stairs. It's pretty I think funny. there was that ragdoll scene too at the end. I'm pretty sure it was a ragdoll. Yeah. Whereas, like, because his part, like, they, they're arresting him, but he tries to make one last move, grabs a cop's gun, but his yeah. partner just pops him <laughs> and he falls over another ledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dies the last loose end. They fail to arrest him, and so then John Stone, Brian Bosworth walks away into the sunset, sort of. Mm-hmm. And by sunset, more like just a mob of people with microphones saying, "You know, what do you have to say for yourself?" <laughs> oh, and he does. Oh, there he does drive a motorcycle into the helicopter as well. <laughs> Oh yeah, that happened somewhere. That does happen. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Gets to blow up another helicopter somewhere in the midst of all the explosions. 
God. Yeah. What a great movie. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. I uh I'd watch this one again any day, probably. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a good one to put on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely like probably would be pretty fun to watch with friends, I would imagine. I'm not surprised the red letter media fellas watched it. So. A lot of people. I think a lot of that's why it's probably not available on streaming. They're probably I think they are probably making a release of it somehow. Yeah. Because uh i know how did this get made did it as well mm-hmm. and that's that i makes- think where I, that where i got the idea from was from them yeah yeah whoever owned the rights they're like oh no this movie's starting oh, to get sh- popular we gotta we yeah. gotta take it away yeah <laughs> <laughs> what about you zach did you had you seen this movie before or anything i hadn't i'd seen the red letter media episode but cool yeah it was pretty fun yeah nice and you watched it on youtube you said yeah cool yeah is that how you watched it or did you have a physical copy no i watched it on youtube i'll probably buy it now but (laughs) (laughs) i um yeah i think i watched i must have watched though watched it on youtube i don't i don't own it unfortunately i wish i did but it's always interesting just as a side note to see boobs on youtube (laughs) oh yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah there were there were a number of nude like nude breasts in this movie i, I mm-hmm. forgot I, at least in one scene there was a bunch of them <laughs> that stripper yeah. scene, that strip scene yeah at least a couple it, of yeah, topless girls it was the strip scene and then there were just some random shit naked ladies hanging out <laughs> right. on the compound too right there was one just naked not even naked she had just a leather vest on with huge boobs playing pool oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah like she like hits the pool ball and then she starts like shaking her boobs for no reason it's like oh my god <laughs> oh you gotta love it yeah it's very shameless mm-hmm. um, but yeah no so um i don't know any do you have any other thoughts zach like any anything that sticks out or not really i wasn't expecting it to be good right. <laughs> <laughs> you know but yeah, it was really fun. I gave it a three and a half. Nice. Yeah, that's probably about what I'd give it, like three, four. Maybe I think I'd say I'm closer to a four than a three. Actually, I I really enjoyed this. I not just because of how silly it is, but also I actually enjoy its atmosphere. Just something about the bikers and the craziness. It just I don't know. It just hit a spot. Mm-hmm. Same with me. Like while I was like i was expecting something different like you know sillier goofier campier yeah but but it was just still fun hilarious but also well pretty well done in general there's some really cool shots and action sequences and characters and all of that so i'd I'd probably give it a four because of it undercut my expectations but also subverted them or something i don't even know i was like different yeah. but still good i was like shit okay right, yeah, like, i'll give it a four <laughs> it's over the top but not too over the top that it's dumb yeah Definitely. yeah i like like the movie is probably about 80 percent action scenes but the action scenes actually had like there was there was something to them though like there was actually like structure to them and they were they were well written 
in my opinion. Like, I really enjoyed that little moment at the end where like Brian Bosworth like runs into that the the fella from earlier in the movie who ends up warning him about the henchmen and i also thought the whole thing on the air like the helicopter was cool the motorcycle chase scenes were cool um the scene with the exploding gas station was kind of dumb but it looked cool (laughs) i mean (laughs) but that was probably like the only action scene in the movie that was like a little too mindless the rest of it was mindless but in a in a clever fun way i guess not just like lowbrow dumb like oh god eye rolling like like some seagal movies are like that just, uh, where i just can't can't even watch them they're so awful but <laughs> but this this was awesome this this was my cup of tea yeah all right cool so we have now talked about so we talked about a bad texas chainsaw massacre comedy movie we watched a biker like a demented biker action movie so now zach what do you have that can top those two what is your movie (laughs) i got split second all right excellent and uh yeah i thought it was going to be more sci-fi than it was but still kind of sci-fi yeah and what what compelled you to choose it just out of curiosity like uh i had rucker Hauer in it pretty much <laughs> yeah pretty like, much any of his movies like you could choose for the show almost like yeah yeah the cover on the blu-ray looked interesting so i grabbed yeah. it and we you know we don't do too many science fiction movies so i, yeah. I was hoping for something like that took place in space or something but because there's a the fucking creature was on the cover i was like oh alien yeah nope. <laughs> i didn't i had no i honestly had no idea what that it was gonna do that <laughs> <laughs> like just still like halfway through the movie i was uh wondering what if it was like i had no like supernatural at all I just saw the whole science fiction he was because it took place in 2008. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I did, I would say though that this movie, as far as the setting goes, um, even though it did keep the set pieces to a minimum, I thought the set pieces were pretty cool. Like, I liked that police station seat, like, uh, set with, it was like, it was like uh, um, hallways of cages almost. It was like a caged police station. Like that just seems so interesting to me. And there were a few yeah. like things here and there that kind of reminded me of Blade Runner and like yeah. maybe a little bit cheaper, but you know, certain aspects and qualities and maybe the essence of Blade Runner at least to a certain degree. So Yeah, the sets did stick out to me too. I was like, huh, they don't make these anymore. <laughs> Yeah, just a couple of little bits and pieces in front of a green screen. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. You know, like I would watch this over any asylum movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Read the Wikipedia. Yeah, sounds good. All right, (laughs) it's a shorter, shorter plot summary, but. Yeah, it's not it's not too complicated a plot. I don't think it. I mean, it yeah. gets complicated, but it 
doesn't start off complicated. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, in the year 2008, very futuristic, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I laughed at that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, it's one of these ones. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, glo- global warming and heavy rainfall has left large areas of London flooded, which, yeah, all the sets were actually flooded. Mm-hmm. Which was, which was okay. cool all the indoors, they're walking through water pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, most of the places they went into, they'd crawl up a ladder or something to get to, it seemed yeah. like. Oh, I loved it. I loved it so much. I love wet environments, is what I've realized. <laughs> I think that's why I love the movie Stalker so much. Like, I, I th- it, and why like James Cameron may have been inspired a little bit by like the watery environments. Like, I just find wet, drippy places to be comforting. I don't know why. <laughs> um, rookie police officer Dick Durden, Durkin is assigned to partner with Harley Stone, another cop named Stone. <laughs> right yeah (laughs) yep and also yeah the forced partnership it's like right there and the fact that the main character is the lunatic so like those are three things right there that this movie has in common with stone cold should have been a sequel (laughs) yeah oh my god (laughs) that would have been great split split second stone cold yeah we got to find another one like this like these (laughs) i'm sure there's plenty throughout the 90s Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Harley Stone, a burnt out and highly cynical veteran homicide detective who, according <laughs> to his commanding officer, survives on anxiety, coffee, and chocolate, which you'd see constantly throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, basically. He's constantly take, having intakes of caffeine and eating pastries. Like, that's what he's doing in every other scene. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and every other yeah. like lo- every other scene also features a line of dialogue where he says, "I need coffee." Yeah, <laughs> and there was that funny one where he's he, in his house. He has just like there was those chocolates in a heart shaped form stuck to his oh, fridge, yeah. <laughs> just like melted onto his fridge, and <laughs> the girl just takes one and eats it. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> gross looking fridge too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and I was also wondering, like, what the fuck is this? Cho- is like, is these drug laced chocolates? But I don't think they were. He was just a chocolate lover. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a meal of the future. I'd right. Yeah. But, they didn't oh, yeah. say that. So I just assumed that's ah, chocolate, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's a caffeine guy. He just, he needs uppers. He needs the just to constant intake of yeah but but then he's also super paranoid and anxious like you say so like there's that aspect of it too he's just a total misfit (laughs) yeah although there's a reason why which you do find out yeah uh he survives on anxiety coffee and chocolate after being able to prevent the death of his partner foster by a serial killer three years previously uh, now the murders have begun again, and Stone is obsessed with the case. Uh, an Oxford-educated psychologist, Durkin, is ordered to stick with Stone at all times and report any unstable behavior. Dick Durkin. 
yeah and he's one of those straight laced uptight type folks who you know likes to go by the book and doesn't want to like push any buttons or anything like that at the beginning when they first meet he's sort of struggling to follow and like follow or keep up with what's going on with the main character here Mm -hmm. which is understandable because i could like you you almost the viewer wouldn't be able to keep up with him if not for the fact that like you see him have like these trauma hallucination dream things where like he remembers his partner getting taken while like walking around in this watery place like he gets dragged under by this killer that's all we know at this point although we also know that he believes the killer isn't human so yeah yeah i was unsure too at because in that exposition of him his killer his partner being killed he it all they also said that he slept with his wife as well <laughs> so like my first you know guess was oh is the killer actually his partner that isn't actually dead he's just coming back to get revenge on him but <laughs> no yeah that would be a crazy bad story <laughs> yeah. Yeah. i mean the fact that he was already sleeping with his partner's wife already was a crazy backstory in the first place so <laughs> but yeah, and Although, there was... oh, the way they told that though was interesting. But anyway, go on. Yeah, they told that just like in a two-second dialogue of just some cops talking to each other. <laughs> yeah, I appreciated that. But there was that the first scene of him going to that club also gave me supernatural vibes because you know that first death was a girl that you know got her heart ripped out and he was like hearing heartbeats and shit. Mm. Like so, I was, oh, is is this going to be a vampire movie? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. Like the opening scene, what I didn't know, I I knew nothing about this movie. I didn't even know it, it exactly. I knew it was science fiction, and that's it. Yeah, um, I didn't know it was a monster but, movie at all. Yeah, yeah. And but at the beginning, though, when that happened, like yeah, like she like is in the bathroom, and he's nearby, and he he knows that it's going to happen here somewhere or whatever. And then it happens, he finds her, her heart's gone. I'm thinking, my first thought is, uh uh-oh, is this another movie about a cult? And then my second thought is, oh, wait, vampire. That makes perfect sense. But nope, turned out to be something even crazier. Uh, After investigating the scenes of several killings, they appear no closer in identifying the killer. Although Stone seems to have some sort of psychic connection with him. Uh, Their only clues are that the murders seem to be linked with the lunar cycle and that the killer takes an organ from each victim, apparently to eat them. The killer is also Yeah, and at this point when they were talking about the lunar cycle, I was like, oh, okay. Werewolf question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, okay, maybe this is also like a Zodiac killer type of thing, but then I couldn't figure out how he, how this killer was able to go get in and out so fast, like seemingly out of in places where there's almost no way to get in. So, yeah, they didn't really even still explain that though, as far as I can tell, unless I missed it. 
though well they explained it really briefly with the flashback to his friend where and then that's kind of where the title of the movie came from too a little bit that's like, what i was actually gonna ask what is split yeah, second <laughs> that, that was it because like he was like at one point rudger howard was mumbling something and he was like oh it was happened so fast it happened in a split second or something <laughs> like that I, I, he didn't say it exactly like that, but I, I remember he said something along those lines. I think it was like narrated, maybe even. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's called Split Second because these killers, it's like he shows up in a split second and is gone in a split second. It's, it's, he's gone in a split second. It's like a, I mean, it's kind of an obscure title. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't get that at all. Me. This was, that was going to be my question to you guys. Is why is it called Split Second? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that either. <laughs> yeah, good enough for me. Like, I I, I bought it. it. Rudger Howard, something about him, I, he's just so magical to me. I can believe anything <laughs> that he does or did. R.I.P., I should say. But yeah, I, yeah, this was, this was another enjoyable Rudger Howard performance where he got to act ape shit. Like, that's the best kind of Rutger Hour. So, yep. Anyway, a lab analysis of blood left during one encounter shows that the killer possesses multiple recomb- recombinant DNA strands, somehow having absorbed the DNA of its victims. Complicating matters is the return of Michelle, Foster's wife, who Stone had an affair with. Yep, and during that, they also said they had uh, it has rat DNA in it as well. And then I was like, "Oh, not werewolf, were rat." <laughs> yeah, there we go. because <laughs> cool. rats were throughout the movie. Like, there's that one scene where Rucker Howard shoots like a rat off his partner's oh, yeah. shoulder in the very <laughs> beginning. He's like, "Oh, I hate rats." Yeah. Oh. Graveyard Shift. That's another movie I want to choose for this show sometime. That has that, killer rap. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. It's fun. It's it's really dumb, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while attempting to figure out the killer's motives and pattern, Stone and Durkin begin to bond as Durkin loosens up and starts to understand Stone. Durkin. Uh, hypothesizes that the killer is taunting Stone personally, following him and then killing someone at each location. Mm. Uh, uh, The killer then attacks a woman in Stone's apartment building, afterwards kidnapping Michelle while the two detectives are downstairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did want to touch on his whole apartment too. So I thought at first he lived in a garage. (laughs) Like a straight up garage. Because that's just what it looked like. like. And then he had, and he also, like, fucking, his name is Harley. He had Harley Davidson in his apartment. He had Harley Davidson signs all around us. I was like, what the fuck is this guy? Who, <laughs> and it was led, and then you see, like, when he's, like, you know, going after that, then that scene you just said, uh, he, he lived multiple stairs up. Like, it was at least a, cause he was going up and I saw, 13 14 and he was still going up so he had motorcycles in his 14 plus apartment story yeah (laughs) why do you have motorcycles in a 14 story apartment (laughs) that was hilarious yeah i 
but that's kind of what I mean about the set pieces is they're just so strange. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of felt that way too. Like my first thought was garage, like garage apartment. Yeah. It looked scummy. So. <laughs> and it progressively, I think, looked better too as it went on. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know if she was doing some cleaning maintenance while, because she just kind of chilled at his apartment through the movie. Yeah. And it just got a little at least more visible to see how, how it was laid out instead of just a clusterfuck. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Uh, they track the killer deep into the flooded tunnels of the London underground subway system and discover mm-hmm. the truth. The killer is not human. It's actually a large, horrific, and possibly demonic creature that is fast, savage, and bloodthirsty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, it's a demon. Um, that's ultimately what it is. It's, yeah, eating people's hearts. There's a whole series of progressions in the movie where I mean, once, uh, you know, once they actually encounter it for the first time or encounter the victim, like the one of the other victims for the first time, like, yeah, the partner does end up basically doing a big switch and pretty much becoming more like basically more like the Rudger Hauer character. And yeah, I in some that. ways crazier, actually. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, that was really well done. And the actor did a great job. Um, very intense uh and also like again it the the set pieces really added a lot just because it felt like as the film went on some of them felt more confined and then the last scene in the movie literally took place like underground basically so anyway yeah Yeah, and that's what i was saying this was that movie i believe that because I, I saw in the credits that the final scene was directed by somebody completely different. They made a note of it on the, uh, whatchamacallit, in the credits. Mm, okay. That's interesting. I wonder why. Uh, maybe he got fired. Well, they just wanted a cool, <laughs> they wanted a cool little uh, end scene to it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was a pretty cool little end scene. It didn't. It didn't feel like the rest of the movie. It felt yeah. like a giant action scene. And it looked like a humanoid alien from Aliens, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's what why I thought it was gonna like be like in space and shit from the cover because yeah. the creatures on the cover of the Blu-ray. Uh, the cover I saw didn't, or yeah, didn't have that. It just had Rucker Hauer in a blue background kind of thing. Yeah, I think that was the same one I ha- I watched it with on or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's uh, so. Yeah, I wish I didn't see the Blu-ray cover because it would have been cool to be like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. a bummer. It's kind of spoiled it. Damn. Yeah, big old spoiler right on the cover. Yeah, yeah I hate when that happens. Had no idea until like halfway 80 60 percent way through i was like even still like i wasn't sure until like yeah until uh dick started losing his mind (laughs) yeah yeah and he became pretty conspiratorial but his conspiracies actually ended up 
being like kind of pointing them in the right direction actually so yeah they said like uh it what he's like this isn't satanic it is satan <laughs> like they were yeah. saying that kind Which, of shit yeah and like those little details are left ambiguous but the possibility is there and also like the whole idea of a flood even though there's a scientific explanation given um at the at the beginning of the movie that's perfectly reasonable um there is something kind of biblical about the world flooding too you know it literally said the 40 days thing too 40 days of flooding after like a 40-day rain or something the, the river yeah so it just yeah it just fit with the atmosphere and like how like it was just this supernatural monstrous thing dealing with an economic scientific like yeah just kind of infiltrating the human race during a, an economic crisis and yeah, i don't know i just that's a cool idea and I, it's interesting how it's done on sort of in such a small scale you know i don't even know if that's necessarily what's behind the whole thing but i just i love the i love that concept though so and it was it's just funny to think of Rudger Hauer starring in a movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that this was made early 90s, but it was talking about global warming and shit too. <laughs> oh yeah. No good. It, I mean, there's been, movies have been talking about global warming for a long time now. Movies have been prophesizing global warming. It's been prophesized a lot in, in a number of different ways. And um but this mm-hmm. film, yeah, definitely took a very straightforward approach to the concept, like a very grounded approach to the concept. And yep. yeah, we still but, haven't done shit about it. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's scary, you know, but that's what's so interesting about watching a movie like this is you have to, you get to sort of see these people deal with the consequences a little bit, you know, and some of these people are older, grumpier, crazy people. Like these people are probably going to be us like in the future more than likely <laughs> but i don't know gotta ho- hang on and see so anyway uh so does it say what happens at the end oh yeah there's a little bit more left yeah okay um durkin figures out that stone escaped from it 10 years ago and is now fixated upon killing it is now con- Sorry, <laughs> it is now <laughs> fixated upon killing Stone, just as it previously killed Foster. <clears throat> in fact, as the movie progresses, each killing and appearance of the monster is an attempt to lure Stone closer and closer. Uh, the massive chest wound that Stone sustained all those years ago is what created the psychic link between Stone and the creature. So it's kind of like E.T., which is funny because it's about a demon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and the girl gets bitten by it too, and she has a little bit of a connection to it as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's also how he's able to hear the heartbeats of the victims that the that the killer or that the monster is going after because yeah. he can he can sense what they're going after. And he's like, Oh. And he tells Mich- like that girl, her name Michelle, I think, he's like, You can hear the heartbeats too, right? That's not your heartbeats. That's it. Just during that the last sequence. So he does let her know that, yeah, you're not hearing your own heartbeats. You're hearing it because you're connected and shit. Yeah. But it also, like, I wonder why, because there was that scene, scene where Dick gets also maimed with this, the demonic symbols on his chest. Mm. 
I guess he doesn't get connected to it. I wonder if like <laughs> it used a knife maybe, or I don't know if it has to will itself into you. <laughs> I mean, that happened so late in the movie. It almost, well, actually, yeah, I don't know. That was bizarre. I, I, I'm not sure what that was all about, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it's revealed that all the murders and everything was a map instead of like a yeah. sign or a cult thing. Right. I mean, that symbol kept on appearing. So maybe that was just their way of, of or the demon's way of like heads up, like your time is coming type of thing. Because that's what they did before or whatever. So maybe that's. Because I think, like, didn't it do it at the club or not at the club, but at the that place that they were investigating? I guess it was the club, but. That was no, it was a different one of the apartments of some just random guy. Oh, oh, it was, okay, on, the, was, it was on the ceiling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was like the Scorpio thing. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, finally, learning where the creature makes its lair, Stone and Durkin head to the area, armed to the teeth and relying on Stone to find the monster, just as it always finds him. They emerge into an abandoned underground train station to find Michelle suspended over the water as obvious bait, but Stone frees her anyway, prompting the creature to show up. Uh, during the fight, Durkin wounds the creature's chest, allowing Stone to pull the monster's heart out and kill it. However, as three of them leave the station, bubbles of air are seen breaking the surface of the water, suggesting that there may be more than one monster. Mm, so okay. a couple moments here more All than right. one i thought i wasn't sure if it was i guess i thought it might still be alive but more than one hmm. <laughs> the idea of there being more than one suggests that there could one day be a sequel that's the first thing i wanted to say yeah <laughs> yeah sequel bait for sure <laughs> yeah the was second it, thing i wanted to be called say. split third <laughs> <laughs> oh god a third of a split second <laughs> Um. The, okay. That what two splits, two seconds. <laughs> yeah, split, two seconds. split second. The second. <laughs> split second spelled with a two, yeah. and people just call it split, split second two. Um. What do you guys think of the creature, At, or the, when the monster appeared out of the water? That was nuts, wasn't it? Yeah, it looked like a humanoid alien, like xenomorph or whatever, yeah. 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 It just threw me off. I was like, whoa, oh my God, that thing is weird looking. I don't know if it was computer or puppet or both. I, it looked weird. Yeah. And they should have made it look more demonic than alien. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking it would be more animalistic, still like were rat, because <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. it was all I about mean, the the year of the rat and stuff. That was like the code that it finally left. It was like, oh, it's two thousand eight. It's the yeah. year of the rat. So I thought, yeah. it, and he and he was talking to do that dog and shit a bunch. So I thought there would be more, you know, like animalistic na uh, nature to the beast. But yeah, no, well, it I mean, it was like a fucking alien. Yeah, 
I mean, it, you couldn't even get a good look. It was so dark. It was only on screen for about a second. It, yeah. You know, not quite a split second, a, a literal second. <laughs> um, but it was so blurry that it was like, uh, I mean, it almost looks like an alien from Alien, but I don't know if it is because I don't see enough of it. Like, you only mm-hmm. see, like, the top of its head, and that's it. So Yeah. I mean, you do get a couple body shots, like frames of it yeah you get a lot of claws he had long ass claws (laughs) yeah oh yeah you get plenty of claws um you even get the cool subway bit there where it's (laughs) going through the ceiling yeah yeah (laughs) i love that i mean it would look kind of funny but i still loved it yeah yeah and I loved Rutger Howard's face in that scene too. Like his pupils, his pupils looked so small in that one shot. I was like, "What in the world?" Like you looked like Is, Arnold Schwarzenegger when it was when the claw was like going over yeah. his head, took his glasses off. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Okay, this is just too much." Um, and then when he ate the heart, it was pretty or shot pretty the heart out. You mean or? Or shot, and that yeah, that's what he did. He didn't eat it. What am I talking about? <laughs> I he was surprised. It. Yeah, I was surprised that he took it. I did. I missed where he got injured in the chest, and I was like, "Did he just punch straight through his chest?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he busted through, ripped its heart out, put the gun to it, and said, shot it out of his hand too. Yeah. I would be like, and he said something. You're not like, worried about. Sh- because these guns he was using were high-powered, like, hand cannons. I would have, like, put it, I don't know, on a rock and shot it from a distance. But no, he shot it straight out of his hand. Not worried yeah. about blowing his own hand up. It's pretty dangerous. Yeah, he was willing to risk blowing off his own hand just to kill the demon's heart. So that tells you how much of a warrior of God he is. <laughs> yeah. This is, like, this is basically the 90s version of Legion. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sort of, you know, in a way. <laughs> There's a demon, I guess. It's what it's yeah. supposed to be. And, <laughs> and right. speaking I, of, I mean, well, also speaking of high firepower weapons, fucking Dick gets shot with a shotgun out a window and survives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Like, I wonder, I was like, like my first initial thought was okay yes bulletproof vest which was what initially saved him of course but hey he still got shot out of a window yeah and lived and but it, these weapons were supposedly real high powered and that was a yeah. shotgun too i was like how the that you just that's just you just got saved plot plot armor for you <laughs> just straight yeah. up plot armor yeah but, you know, maybe they will answer that question in the sequel. Like, maybe, you know, I mean, you did get some bubbles on the surface at the end there. Like, the question, the question mark is still up in the air. So. I, I, it's probably not going to happen because I don't think enough pe- more people are requesting for a sequel to The Last Starfighter than this. So that should tell you something. But still, you know, one can dream. You know, but I don't think we'll get a sequel to this. Probably won't get a sequel to Leviathan. Yeah, but you know, (laughs) 
anyway, so any anybody have any more thoughts? Anybody I just else? liked how Dick went crazy. <laughs> like, there was like that one scene where he was just like on edge. He was like giving him coffee and also just shoving chocolate in his mouth too. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And when he's rolling on the floor and screaming, it made yeah. me wonder if these folks ever like if the people who like if he or the person who directed it or or somebody saw like one of those weird European movies from the 70s or like an Ingmar Bergman movie or or Possession from the 80s or something like that one of those movies that has weird human behavior in it and decided to cast Rutger Hauer in it for a joke pretty fun though i mean I, honestly i i quite enjoyed it a lot i i, I dug the shit out of this movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was an interesting one for sure yeah, yeah. i gave it a three yeah <laughs> what about you nick uh, i'll give it a, a three and a half i guess all right, all right. yeah I loved it enough. I'd give it maybe I'd give it a solid four, maybe maybe even a five. I don't know. I out of the three movies that we watched on this episode, this I think this one's my favorite of the three. Um, it's it's just the one I got most most entranced by for some reason. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm split. <laughs> I'm split between four and five. I think maybe four. I, I'll, I'm comfortable at four. nice yeah <laughs> good choice good choice yeah that was a yeah, good one cool yeah all right so now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some more 90s movies first of all our our episode is over you know the end sorry folks that's all but <laughs> we are gonna choose some 90s movies to to talk about so uh, anybody want to go first? Uh, I'm a little tentative to choose mine, but I'm going to choose it anyway. Oh, one thing I want to say is I did oh. find it on Split Second. Like one of the the, the the titles did say Subway and Train, Subway Train and Additional Sequences directed by Ian Sharp. So, oh, okay. All right. Ian Sharp. That's cool. That's why I uh, felt that last subway scene felt way different. <laughs> That's the subway scenes were great though. I mean, yeah. Ah. <clears throat> All right. But anyway, yeah. On to our choices. Yeah, on to our choices. All right. So yeah, does anybody want to say theirs first, or should Gosh. I just say mine? There is one I want. I don't. You, uh, there's one I want, but it's on only on YouTube. Okay. But I also want just maybe another one. Okay. But the one on YouTube's been up since. 2015 so who knows if they're gonna ever take it down so we might mm. be safe to choose it oh yeah oh, what is it or uh, should i do this one or the other one though you go first and then I'll, oh, okay. I'll make a decision yeah all right all right um okay i'll all right i'll go first i i was hesitant I can't believe or it. either of you. Yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> All right. Should I go first? Yeah, you can go first. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm gonna choose Meteor Man from 1993. Okay. I've heard of that one. I don't think I've ever seen it. 
It was the first superhero movie I ever watched. The first that, one I've ever seen. So. That actually might change my choice then. I don't know. Oh, oh, okay. Why was that one one you were thinking about choosing? Not that one, but it is a superhero movie, kind of. Apparently, ah. I guess. Interesting. All right. I believe. Let me see what that. What about you, Zach? What are you thinking? I'm half tempted to pick Texas Chainsaw Massacre three now, but. <laughs> <laughs> that we can get a load of Vigo Mortensen. <laughs> yeah, but I think I'll choose something else. Okay, we could do that one individually if you want. You know, if you ever want to. It's up to you. Yeah, maybe we'll... Because we, we did do that other Texas chain. That was Texas chain show, right? That oh, yeah. The, no. Oh, from the Netflix Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Fuck it. Texas Chainsaw 3. All right. All right. Texas Chainsaw 3. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go, folks. Um, I haven't watched uh, the second one for a long time either. I just realized. Yeah, I haven't either. That, might, that one might be fun to watch. <laughs> Nick's <laughs> going to be watching them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only one I've seen was like the original and one of the other remakes. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it. God, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm ready. I'll, let's I'll just do I'll just do this one since I I know it's streaming places other than YouTube. Or should I just do the other one? Well, what what the, is the other one just out of curiosity? The one on YouTube? Yeah. Uh Pocket Ninjas. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, <laughs> That one might be interesting to do for a single episode. <laughs> also, as an have you seen one. it? Yeah. Yeah. Seen it's it. on the bottom 100. So okay. Maybe, maybe I think the other be... one you may have seen then too, because I believe it's also on the bottom 100. Oh, yeah? Uh, Tank Girl. Oh, that one might be fun to watch. Have you seen, have either of you seen that one? I haven't. I've seen it. Um, I haven't seen it for a long time, though. I really, I remember really liking that one. I, I would be willing. I'd be into watching that one again, definitely. Okay, because it is a the only reason why it is a, I guess, a, based on a comic book, but I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. All right. All right. Tank girl, <laughs> it is then. Okay, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre three or Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. I'm sorry. Um, what did I choose again? Oh, Meteor Man <laughs> and Tank Girl. <laughs> All right, this is that, this is going to be a cool episode, I think. Uh, <laughs> Let me just make and then, sure. Okay, yeah, it is streaming. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, excellent. All right, and then if you guys ever are in the mood to do Pocket Ninjas, like as its own episode, because I think we'd have a lot to say about that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Yeah, let me know. You know, holla right. at me. Yeah. Holla at me, boys. <laughs> All right, cool. I guess yeah, that concludes our this that concludes this evening's episode of a couple of flicks. So we hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. Have a good night. Stay warm. Yeah, have a good one. See ya. Bye.